0: Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, the 23rd of March. I hate a depressing start to the day. I hate a depressing start to the programme. It just kind of throws it all up in the air, doesn't it? And having looked at the pictures, you've seen them. I don't think there's anything more that you can say about it. You've seen the pictures. You've discussed backwards and forwards, going all the way through yesterday, and all the way with with Darren Adam. What's the answer? There is no answer. There is no answer. Uh, Did they set the bombs off because that man was arrested for the atrocities before and they were worried that he might be naming them he is naming them he's singing like a canary at the moment according to the French police so uh, they set bombs off and on one particular instance people ran into one of the bombers he was almost encouraging them to run to him I mean, it's just bad news all round, but they couldn't care less. I wish, I wish people would just sort of, you know, give up on this Muslim thing, because it's beginning to drive me to distraction. It's ISIS. Uh, they think they're to do with religion. They're nothing to do with religion at all. Absolutely nothing to do with it. Because otherwise, you know, they'd be worried about destroying other Muslims. But they couldn't care less. They couldn't tell us who they kill. You know, they don't They don't care about anything at all. They're just pathetic wastes of space. And luckily they blow themselves up. A shame that they don't go and stand in a field and do it, as opposed to doing it in a public place. Um, to say that the Brussels police were a little bit inept would be an understatement. They're only marginally one down, I think, from the French police. They're not exactly the brightest pennies in the box either. And so could it happen here? Of course it could. These, bit nobody took a blind bit of notice, as Darren said. They walked through the airport. Nobody even noticed them. The only reason their pictures are, are on the papers is because of CCTV. Now, of course, you're all going to be looking for somebody pushing a trolley or having one glove on. Because apparently the one glove... I mean, this is the first time we've ever noticed one glove. But the person who disappeared, the one wearing the hat, didn't appear to have any gloves on. I mean, all in all, it's just it's just terribly tragic but we just we seem to just pick ourselves up and carry on and do it and you listen to people and you look at the footage and I don't think people know what's happening and then the train that's what they do they do one then they set off something else and it just provides them with some sort of entertainment in some macabre way to watch people running backwards and forwards first of all over here then over there we're over, over here and it could happen anywhere but it shouldn't stop you doing anything it shouldn't stop you going out it shouldn't stop you you know, just carrying on normal lives. Because nothing you can do about it. Those people, you know, who lost their lives yesterday, they didn't set off in the morning thinking, I wonder if we're going to be blown up or we're going to be attacked or we're going to be shot. They didn't know that. They had no idea. And it's um, its just a sad reflection of the world we seem to be living in at the moment. But it shouldn't make any difference to you going out. It really shouldn't. But you look at the pictures. I mean, the people on the train... You know, they have to get off a train. As one woman said, she was in the front carriage. The windows were blown out. She said people threw themselves on the floor. We're sort of... Makes it sound trite, doesn't it, to say we're actually getting better at dealing with things like this. We can actually motivate ourselves a little bit quicker. But it does seem to me that they obviously picked Brussels for a reason. Uh, The reason being that obviously nobody would ever think it. I've been there. I've been there. It's just a lot of people who work in boring, bland buildings... And uh, and obviously nobody thinks about things like that. And that's why they were totally, totally immune from anybody picking up on them. They just caught them on the CCTV cameras. They didn't think anything was going to happen. Why would you? They just look like normal people, like anybody else who's about to commit a detro- an, an atrocity. If he walks into a building with sort of dynamite tied up to them, you might spot them. But uh, these poor, pathetic creatures, too, have blown themselves up. I think they're going somewhere better. No, they're not. They're going nowhere at all. Straight to hell. Nothing at all. I don't know why anybody, I've said a million times, I can't understand why anybody could ever be persuaded to blow themselves up. But what would you ever say to somebody, you know, to make them blow themselves up? What would they do, offer money or something? Is that, that that's kind of the reason? It can't surely be that you're going to a better place with virgins in it. Because that, that really can't be, the, they really must be mentally sick, mustn't they, if that's what they, uh, if that's what they uh, believe. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And, uh, and so here we go. Other stories are in the papers today. The, the VIP abu- abuse witness, Nick, has now been accused of wasting police time. And, uh, and this is the, the man who claimed he was a victim of Savile. He claims he witnessed murders. He's quite clearly some deranged fantasist. But at the same time, I think you'll find, um, uh, I think even, was it Harvey Proctor the other day who has lodged a formal complaint. He says, uh, I described him as a narcissist seeking to manipulate our very real horrific childhood traumas in order to fulfil his fantasy. And that's what he is. He's a sick person. He needs help. He needs putting away. He needs some sort of help because you can't have people going round making all these claims which come to nothing and cost us a small fortune. Was it 1.8 million we wasted on some lunatic who was sort of saying, oh, this happened and that happened? Of course, none of it happened. It was just purely in his sad, tiny little mind. Other stories in the papers. Uh, Osborne says he won't cut pensioners' benefits. Because I'm determined this morning that the world keeps on turning, that the world, you know, gets back to normal as quickly as possible. You know, we cannot keep dwelling on past, past atrocities because they go on all around the world. It's not just here. We don't seem to do huge coverage on things that take place in other countries. Even as I speak, there'll be people who've been murdered somewhere in some part of the world. And that's why it's sad. You could spend your entire life your entire life doing radio programmes about people who've been murdered or people who've been blown up because it's taking place, you know, in all parts of the world. And now you've got people who are prepared to sort of strap themselves up to something, then blow themselves on, I don't, don't quite know what they, what they get out of it. What, what is the end result? The end result is they're dead. And that's it. eight five oh. Because I've heard the arguments. I've heard people coming up with the most crackpot ideas you know, listening to them on LBC, people talking about it, and then people going, oh, it's this, and everybody's against the Muslims, and it's this kind of thing. It's got nothing to do with religion. Nothing at all. These are mentally ill pedophiles. That's what they are. They advocate having sex with children. They don't care who they kill. So quite clearly it's got nothing to do with religion. Otherwise you'd be saving people left, right, and centre. The only uh, name that they should be called are murderers. That's all they are. I mean, you know, in the case of the one who tried to escape and was shot, brought down... But uh, he'll be standing trial. I think he's singing like a canary. That's what the papers are saying at the moment. He's given them names and just about everything because he's trying to save his own skin. This is the one who uh, who they say was the mastermind behind the uh, the last atrocities. And uh, and they've said that in order to save his own skin, because they uh, they're like little little girls' blouses, aren't they? They um, they actually they actually sort of go out there, and because the uh, the uh, the way that they get details out of them are fairly well documented. This one's singing quite a lot. I mean, there are, there are wars that take place all over the world, and most of them are to do with religion. In this particular case, it can't be, because they don't care about anybody. You know, they are murderers. It's as simple as that. And we just get on with life. You have to accept the fact that, you know, some people are sick in the head. And some people think that they're sort of doing the best. Why blowing up the world would be the uh, the answer to it, I've got no idea. But as I say, they're generally of limited intelligence. They can't help it, they are the simpletons. There was one family, thought they recognised their son the other day, who went out there and blew himself up. And uh, they've now identified two of the, uh, the bombers. They'll, they'll find the other one. He will be eventually caught and uh, there'll be a shootout and that's it. But uh, the question in, in some of the papers, how many more are there? Out there, And the answer is there's probably a few. If you get stupid women as well, they had the one, didn't they, who, uh, who went out there and committed an atrocity with her husband. I mean, she was the ugliest I've ever seen. But the, these people, you know, you don't know what they are. They just go, oh, they're all fine. They live in the neighbourhood. They turn out to be complete crackpots, complete crackpots. So security officials have now admitted that they can't keep track of these uh, Islamic State agents across Europe because they seem to, as I say, they obviously have some sort of hold on, on simpletons. And somebody somewhere goes, uh, we want you to be a suicide bomber and you should look on this as uh, some sort of sort of badge of honour. Whereas everybody's going, are you bloody mad or something? Why would you want to do that? Unless you really are a... Si- Perhaps they hate their, pe- their family so much. Perhaps they had an awful childhood. Perhaps something happened. Perhaps they were dropped on their head as a child and they didn't uh, like it. But you look at the carnage. I've seen it a million times over the years. You see these pictures in the papers of, of people sitting there stunned. Because unless you've been in the middle of this and you've been actually witnessed to it, you've got no idea what it's like. We can all look at pictures and go, oh, it's absolutely terrible. There's a woman covered in blood here with her child, and some other woman, they're, they're, they're trying to sort of, you know, cover her face up. And it was just 70 minutes of carnage. And, you know, you can talk about it till the cows come home. We don't get any answers. There are no answers to it. All that you, you heard, probably, when you saw the footage on the television of the, of the train, the tunnel just echoed with the screams of children. Because they don't know what's going on. They've got no idea. They've got enough trouble coping with being children, let alone sort of trying to understand what on earth, uh, you know, adults get up to. But they live to fight another day. Some people didn't live to fight another day. What, 300 injured? 25, 26 people killed? You know, that's 25, 26 people that somebody's going to be looking after. You have to ask yourself, don't you, the question, is there a God? I'm seriously doubting whether there is. Seriously. It's it's a it's a dreadful worry, but can it happen here? Of course it can, of course it can. It can happen anywhere they choose. We're we're broadcasting right in the middle of London, but of course you know it can happen anywhere. It can happen on the underground. It can happen on a, at a train station. It's just they just look like ordinary people, and that's why they're they're chosen, I suppose. We we'll take uh, your texts and emails this morning eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc dot uk. And uh, another one here. Uh, A lot of people talking about uh, Barbara Windsor yesterday. Barbara went to get her damehood. Do you know I was right? People were predicting what she'd be wearing, and I said I thought it would be purple and violet and blow me down. It was purple and violet. And uh, she looked amazing. So one Windsor meets another Windsor. So that that was a happy, happy time. Even happier, the Queen popped out the other night. Uh, at a at a little restaurant called Bellamy's. You can imagine, it was closed for the night and it was just for the Queen. And um, it was a rare meal out. She does do meals out occasionally and they go out and they've, she's had enough. She obviously has had enough of Buckingham Palace for a while and yesterday doing all the, uh, the handing out of all the insignias. And so she goes out with a friend of hers and it's, it looks quite nice, actually. They do, you know, all the usual... All the usual meals, including nice uh, nice desserts. And it's probably an opportunity for the Queen to go out and see what happens in the real world. So at the age of 80 plus, out she goes to uh, to this uh, this restaurant here. Unlike grandchildren and other family members, she rarely ventures out to restaurants. But she did the other night. And so uh, that was what they call good news. Oh, and by the way, watch out, chaps. Girls are going balmy for your aftershave balm. At the moment, I'm quite into... Nivea for Sensitive Skin Shower Gel. It's pretty cool, that is. And you can use it on your hair and everything. You can wash your hair with it. You can do just about anything. And it's really, really lovely. Really, really lovely. Uh, other stories in the papers. We've got some celebrities. And, uh, and we've got the the White Cliffs of Danger. All of that and more. And meet the wives whose husbands never say, I love you. It apparently works for... Oh, and Prince Harry's still getting photo opportunities. It's really becoming a bit dull now. He's obviously only got the one baseball cap. And so now he went out and he got covered in red paint. But as I say, it's just another feeble attempt at sort of trying to boost up Prince Harry's image with the British public, which at the moment doesn't really amount to very much. So they've got to get him doing charity. can't... Charity is easy. You just go out, hello, hello, hello. I've seen it. I watched it on the telly. I say, hello, hello. Another flower garland, bit of red paint, photo opportunity. Job done. Quarter past four. Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Morning, very Nice to be company. 18 minutes past four. It's Steve Allen's uh, early breakfast. We're coming to you live from Leicester Square. It's the 23rd of March and it's the Easter weekend. It's an opportunity for people to go out and do things. Uh, I don't think it's got very much to do with religion, I'm afraid. I think the majority of kids, if you say, what's Easter? They go, eggs. That's what they say. It comes down to chocolate. It's Easter eggs. That's all it comes down to, you know, unless you come from a, a family that does go to uh, to church you are not likely to know anything about Easter at all. And that's that's the big shame, actually. That's the big shame that you think to yourself, we've kind of sort of missed our way, haven't we? We used to be a terribly Christian country. Now I'm not sure we're anything. I think we just sort of float around in the middle and occasionally we go to churches and then they close churches down and then they close pubs down and, you know, all the whole thing just goes a bit pear-shaped, doesn't it, really? But, um, as I say... Uh, over this Easter weekend, there are fun fairs taking place. There are museums to visit. There's sort of it can be quite educational, and I think people should do something. I'm always a big fan over the Easter break because I'm here on uh, Good Friday and I'm here on Bank Holiday Monday. So, in fact, for many of you, it's a fantastically long weekend. You finish work tomorrow, and then you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So it's, it's four days that you're going to get a break up. When We're here all the time, of course, as indeed you would expect us to be. But the rest of you get four days off. That's a week. That's absolutely fantastic. I mean, that's the best thing you could ever do, isn't it, really? And if you've got a big family, mind you, I should imagine if you've got a big family, you're probably thinking, I really haven't got the strength to do anything with them. Send the kids off. Years ago, I used to get these um, cards in London called Red Rovers and Blue Rovers. I think there were Blue Rovers as well. And it was like an all-day bus pass for kids. And you could get on it. You can get on the trains. And we used to do everything. You could just sort of whiz around London. Just go anywhere. Just sort of get on a bus. If you're one of these people who's got the free Boris card, just get on a bus. Don't even look where it's going and see where it takes you. Get off and have a look at a different area. Do anything. Go and have a look at fun fairs. I think there's one at Hampton Court. I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be one down at Richmond. I haven't checked, actually. I've, I forgot to to look this morning. I shall have to have a, a check. But that's what I like. I like the fun fairs. I just hope... I just hope that, in fact you know, people are going to sort of realise that it is Easter and you can go out there and you can have a bit of fun and you can have a bit of quality me time. Quality me time. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk Other stories of the paper. Actually, the Easter egg story hits a lot of the papers because the word Easter has been axed from the boxes of millions of British chocolates to avoid causing offence to other religions. I couldn't give a stuff about causing offence to other religions. What do you mean causing offence? Why would anybody be uh, offended by that? Why would anybody be offended by that? They're not. I don't think they're. I think it's just made up to sort of, you know, strike it. So don't mention the E word. Uh, Cadbury's are now selling a dairy milk egg hunt pack, while Nestle advertise Aero's chocolate egg with bubbly bars. Sainsbury's have joined the political correctness trend by selling its own brand of milk chocolate egg. Apparently the E word, Easter, is so offensive that uh, the posh chocolatiers, green and blacks, remember I had a bar of that yesterday with salt. My friend Duncan uh, absolutely adores chocolate with salt. I've never had it before. I keep meaning to try it, but for some reason I can't get into sea salt and chocolate. I mean, do the two go together? I don't know. But anyway, they've uh, they once described the most important date on the Christian calendar, merely as the festival of chocolate and loveliness. Doesn't that sound exciting? A festival of loveliness. I like the idea that we've got a festival of loveliness. But uh, M and S have said Easter. They've said Easter that they, they are celebrating. Easter, which we should be. I don't know what eggs have got to do with it. I've really got no idea what chocolate eggs have got to do with it because that's all the kids think about. They just want to go out. They want to eat as many chocolate eggs as possible. And that was the whole thing. We used to get them... for easter and you know if you've got three or four of them as a kid because some of them now you can buy quite cheaply you can get a couple of eggs for a pound i think if you go to certain places depends what the quality of chocolate is like and um cadbury's are desperately trying to get you to go back to eating their cream eggs even though they changed the formula for the chocolate and people said oh it doesn't quite taste the same well i bought a box a box of cadbury's cream eggs and which I bring in, give to some people in here, some of, the, some of the guys working here and the girls. They quite enjoy things like that. And so you sort of hand these uh, these eggs out and people like them. And so far, these seem to have tasted the same. They didn't taste as bad as they did first time around. So perhaps Cadbury's have heeded the advice of all the experts and said, um, you know, really, we uh, we shouldn't change it just because of the American market. And the American market is, of course, different taste in chocolate. And I don't know why it's a different taste. I think they have different tastes for various things. They're big into licorice, aren't they? I think the the Americans love licorice. And so there's a formula for their licorice. Because I've seen red licorice, yellow licorice, apart from the black licorice. And then there's the different black licorice, which they make into the pipes and the shoelaces. And you buy a gift box, and it it all looks very lovely. And some of it's got a, a licorice comfort in the middle of it. One of it's got an aniseed ball. And I bought some of those a short while ago because a friend of mine absolutely adores licorice. And somebody said to me in a moment of madness, licorice is good for you. Now, whether or not they were saying licorice is good for you, provided you're not a diabetic, I don't know. But, uh, but the way things are going, licorice is about the least of your problems if you're a diabetic. I did get sent the, uh, the diets the other day. And uh, thank you very much indeed for that. Uh, most of these diets, which are supposed to be for, uh, for diabetics, to be honest with you, look absolutely atrocious. They're really dreary. Really, really dreary. I mean, I can't, I can't get excited about a diet that excludes meat and fruit and root vegetables and stuff like that. I mean, it just sort of takes it down completely. Uh, Peter's over in Brisbane at the moment. He said anyway I've already had my rant about the killings in Belgium so I shall try and lighten the mood. I know I don't think there is any more that people can say about it. There is no answer to it. There is absolutely no answer. You know, I mean if you think you've got an answer, well then by all means send in a text or a or an email, but uh, nobody's got an answer to it. You know, can we stop it? No we can't. Do we have to put up with it? Yes we do. Should we be vigilant? Yes we should. But there is no answer to how you stop people who've been indoctrinated into blowing themselves up. I mean, years ago, it would be, you know, people setting off a car bomb. When the IRA set off bombs, they would at least give a warning beforehand. Nobody ever thought, I mean, I don't think as far as I remember in the history of it, the IRA ever blew themselves up. If they did, it was probably a bit of a a miscalculation. But now with the the rise of ISIS, uh, you are finding people who are prepared to blow themselves up. That's the difference. Years ago they would just set a bomb and that would be that. Now you get people who are prepared to sort of wander around, even children. Children. There was one poor little chap a short while ago who was put in a lorry with explosives strapped to him and he was crying because he knew that he'd been forced to do it. He knew that it was all Ooh. and uh, grief. Are you wearing Thomas this morning? This is very very you look like you're auditioning for the for the black magic. Chocolate. You going for a run? Are you really? Oh, you're between shifts. You're going for a run. Well, in this weather, it's freezing cold out there. It's a trouble if... Sorry? You've got, you've got gloves. Okay. They're funny gloves. What sort of gloves are they? They're not weightlifting gloves. You're not doing weightlifting as well, are you? They're so fit round here, honestly. It's more wonder I arrive in here and feel so depressed by the end of the programme. Thomas goes round there. I mean, he's, today he does look like he's delivering chocolates. I could see you actually opening somebody's window and creeping in there with a box of chocolates. Weightlifting gloves—that's so because you're supposed to. I thought when they did weightlifting, don't they put is it chalk on your hands or something like that? I think to stop it slipping. Do you do weightlifting? Just a little bit. Still impressed. Amazing, isn't it? Honestly, it's unbelievable things people do. See, producer could learn a thing or two here. You could get your weight down if you did what he did. Honestly, he said yesterday. You remember the producer was telling me I'm only twenty-three. You know, we had this yesterday. It was, a, it was a bit of a bit of a diva day, I'm afraid, for him. And so I'm only 23. And then Thomas comes in here all ready for a run. Did you go for a run yesterday? No, you didn't, did you? You see? And you should do. Because otherwise you don't want to end up looking like me. You know, and I'm a little... It is a funny thought, isn't it? Frightening th- Oh, frightening. Oh, frightening thought now. Well, I don't know. Could do worse. Could do much worse. Uh, other stories in the... How far are you running, Thomas, today? How far are we running? Yeah. Seven miles? God in heaven! Would you like to borrow my Boris card and you can get a bus or something? Why would you want to run seven miles? Why would you want to run seven miles? What's I mean? Is it is Do you get these? You know when people run? Is it? Is it the endomorphins or something that pump? Endorphins? And is it like sex? <laughs> I Only ask that because somebody said it is like that. They said it's. It gets. It's not like that at all. All right. Okay. Ooh ask, you know, no harm in asking, trying to find out, you know, probing, as I like to do, finding answers to things. Because I read about these things. They say, oh, you know, you get to that thing where you start pumping and they go, oh, it's better. It gets everything sort of moving around your body. I just look at a lot of weightlifters and I think steroids. That's all I think of. Some of these people are enormous. I used to have, I used to know a couple of guys years ago, and they and their girl, the girlfriends didn't, but the, but the guys did weightlifting, and they took steroids, which you can get in a, quite a few places. I didn't realise how easy they were to get as an injection. And his legs turned out like sequoias. Absolutely. In fact, so much so, he couldn't actually put his legs together. They were so big, so he walked a bit, you know, they walk a little by Popeye. You know, Popeye de say you And they do all that kind of stuff. And they've got legs like tree trunks on them. And they become triangular. And then they start wearing the weightlifting clothing. The weightlifting clothing is a little sort of top which showing off all the definition. And then one of my next-door neighbours went for a weightlifting competition. And uh, and you have to paint yourself in creosote. It's a bit like that horrible brown colour. I don't know why they do it. It's supposed to show body definition. But it just looks awful. And he sort of did this weightlifting. And they have to go... Ugh like that and then you sort of, then you could do your back bit so you can see your the back you know you're at the top of your shoulder blades where you can show all the definition i mean i do that you know every morning in the mirror and spend the next half an hour crying because there's no way that i'm ever going to look like that but i suppose it's it's good if you've actually got a good body then you don't mind showing it off to people that's why i'm a radio presenter it kind of you know it kind of figures doesn't it really there's no point if you're not attractive you know, and I say that because generally it gets people on my side. And uh, and I always go, listen, I'm not attractive. I can't help it. I'm a radio presenter. And you just have to put up with it the way I am. I mean, you wouldn't care. It wouldn't matter, would it, if I was really, really good looking, which I used to be many, many years ago. But now I'm not. Uh, so I'm siding with Louis Walsh when he says, go away, Cheryl. You've lost it. Poor old Cheryl. Yes, he says uh, He says to Simon Cowell, dump her and bring back Shazza. Well, I'm totally in agreement there. Cheryl lost the plot years ago. As somebody said... She's very attractive, and yes, I would, but as long as she keeps her mouth shut. LBC News Time, 4:30, the latest headlines. Charles Rowe. Leading Britain's conversation. Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your, uh, your time this morning. Uh, somebody says, I don't, I don't weightlift, don't take steroids, but I do eat crisps a lot. And that's why I'm massive, says Johnny G. Do you know, I would love to eat crisps a lot. I would love to. I don't care whether they say 98% fat-free. I don't buy into that old rubbish, you know. And every time I see Gary Lineker on the television, literally my blood can boil. Uh, it's a shame that this Easter four-day weekend is a year an hour shorter. Clocks go forward early Sunday morning, don't they? So we, uh, we, lose. we lose an hour, don't we? we lo- yeah, we lose an hour, so we go forward. We spring forward, and then in the fall we fall back. Uh, which is always good news. Well, it's not for me, actually. It's just trying to remember to do the blasted clocks. And I must remember to do them. <laughs> uh, 84850, Steve at uk. Christine says, have you tried Hotel Chocolat? I've, I have. I've bought that for, uh, for people at Christmas. They did one a short while ago, Christine. They probably do it every year. I don't know. I'm I'm not, as you know, I'm not a huge chocolate fanatic or fan. I've got friends who eat chocolate all the time, but it's it's not for me. I mean, really, it's nice, but it's not, I'm not bothered by it. I just like mint crackle and stuff like that. But the Hotel Chocolat, they did a Christmas wreath. And I thought that was quite a nice present to give people, because I like giving people presents. I'm, I'm not really, anybody will tell you, any of my friends will tell you, I'm not great at receiving presents, but I like giving presents. You know, I think you can make, although I seem to have now inherited since my birthday, quite a number of bottles of Prosecco. It's amazing how quickly my friends have adapted to buy me bottles of champagne. And now I get bottles of Prosecco. And even my hairdresser yesterday, Kasia, she said, because she's Polish and uh, we always have a good chat and all the rest of it. And she said, I buy this for you. I buy for you. And it's a, it's a bottle of Prosecco. And I said, Kasia, you don't really have to do this. It's not, it's not absolutely necessary. But being Polish, they like to buy presents for people. And because she's looked after my hair, don't make jokes, please. It's not nice. It's not nice at all. But I was talking to uh, Imran, who's down on the desk this morning, and we both got short hair. And I said, if you have um, short hair, you've got to keep it short, because the moment I go like a quarter and a half an inch over, I start looking a bit fluffy, like a duck. And it doesn't look great, so I have to get it cut. So yesterday, I thought, because today I've got uh, boy George coming in. Early this morning, he's going to be in the building early. Uh, he's in with me for nine. I think he's in with my friend Chris before that. And uh, then I've got Mark Curry coming in from Blue Peter, who's now gone into Wicked. Wicked. So i got lots to ask him about Blue Peter and about all the myths about children's television presenters. You know, you're not supposed to have relations with people and you're supposed to all drink milk and everything else. How much they had to adhere to that on Blue Peter, I don't know. Because if you remember, I did tell you there were certain people on Blue Peter. uh, There was one particular lady who was on In Conversation a short while ago. She wasn't invited to Buckingham Palace because she'd had a child. I mean, it, it was considered slightly odd to have, a, to have a child. In fact, it was so odd she didn't get invited to the, to the celebration. So even Children's BBC, even though they had, you know, all sorts of things operating, that, uh, you know, you weren't allowed to do things like that, so they didn't uh, like it. Uh, who went to the Adele concert last week? It was Warren. He said, it was brilliant. He said, I'll send you a few clips. And you can play them over the air. Oh, no, I can't. You know, I'm not allowed to do that. That's copyright. I get into trouble with things like that. But I'm glad you enjoyed the concert. I'm glad you enjoyed the concert. Uh, so just going back briefly to Louis Walsh, who has said that uh, his old rival, Cheryl fernandez Spagball. I mean, this is a woman with no, no discernible talent. She was put together in a group. She came from a... Uh, from Newcastle. The family have got issues. Let's just put it that way, shall we? And, uh, and now she thinks she's, uh, she's trying to move up the social strata, which, of course, it's not possible to do. And so she can't do it. But he says she needs to go away and try and come up with a new hit. I don't think anybody's interested in, in Cheryl Spagbowl anymore. I think she's burnt her bridge. I think she's, uh, she doesn't contribute anything to the X Factor. She's not uh, experienced enough to discuss anything about music because she doesn't know anything about it. It was like they were saying, do you remember years ago we, we were told the Spice Girls that was girl power? No, no, no. The WI was girl power. The Women's Institute was girl power years before the Spice Girls came up with it. And they never came up with it. Somebody else went, let's make it girl power. And they've sort of still gone for this thing because it was a publicity banner to wave. You know, girl power was a publicity banner. But the WI were doing it donkey's years before. donkey's. Years. Also, that myth that blondes are a bit thick has been, uh, has been thrown out. Because they say, actually, blondes are actually more intelligent than people with dark hair. That's funny, so I always am a fairly, you know, because I was, if you looked at, if you've been to any of my shows, you'd have seen lovely pictures of me as a, as a small child with curly platinum hair. I had platinum hair. I mean, I looked like a young Marilyn Monroe. looked don't look like that. It was a good look. It's a good look, I promise you. I look great. As a kid, I look great. As an adult, you know, average. And, um, and so I had this sort of platinum hair. And then gradually it changes a bit, doesn't it? As you get a bit older, so I think we start with blonde hair. And then gradually it sort of disappears. And, uh, and you end up with what you've got now. Which is what I loosely call salt and pepper. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm still very young. <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, Easter recognition, Steve. And uh, this is uh, Caroline. I said, on Good Friday, in and around Heron Square in Richmond, there's a reenactment of the Passion of Christ. Large cast of actors and singers from local churches. Hundreds of people followed the event. I know, it's, but it's, it's such a shame, isn't it, that there's only certain little pockets of churches that actually attract people. Now you have a vicar, as I've seen on the, the television before, who looks after quite a number of churches. And also, isn't it a shame that churches have to lock their doors now to stop people thieving? People thieve from churches. Wouldn't have happened in my day. You could go round country churches, middle of nowhere. I promise you, I could go round Berkshire when I was about uh, 17, 18. I just started to drive. And you could go out with a you know, carload of your mates for the weekend. You go into a, a little village and uh, you might go and buy a bottle of fizzy pop. Fizzy, po- It was like the famous five. It really was. We were living the dream and you could go into a local church and it would be open and there'd be all the uh, the things out on the altar. Nobody touched anything. It was a church. Nowadays, thieving little toe rags will thieve from anywhere and it just drives you mad, doesn't it? That's why I say the world is, uh, is changing an awful lot. An awful lot. Uh, Nadia says such nonsense about Easter being the E-word. Never heard such rubbish. I love it. It's only because some of the egg manufacturers have taken out the word Easter. They just call them eggs. But uh, I was never too sure why, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Paul says, I'm very pleased that you started this morning stating the Brussels atrocity has nothing to do with Islam because these murderers are indiscriminate. They don't care who they kill and maim. they They couldn't care less. You know, if you said to them you've just murdered you know 25 children they don't care they've actually one of them had a had a nail bomb and we know what atrocity that caused in london when somebody went into that gay bar and set off a nail bomb i mean these people are sick in the head they should be taken out and given a lethal injection you know or pushed off the top of buildings that's there's nothing there's no there's no answer to them you can't stop them doing it because they're so sick that's it you know, but then of course, certain press will stoke people's fears and and lay the blame on good Muslims and everything. It's got absolutely fucker all to do with Muslims. It's got nothing to do with that at all. These people don't pray. They haven't got time to pray. They think they're praying, they're not. They're not. They're only praying to their own their own craven images. So uh, there they go. Uh, Peter, thank you very much indeed for uh, for that one. Thank you for your texts and emails this morning. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at lbc dot co dot uk. Dean. He's on his deliveries. He said, have you tried salted caramel? Now, no. No. I've got a salted caramel candle and a wax tartlet, and I love the smell. I used to enjoy a bar called Caramac, which was was caramel, and that was delicious. You could just sniff the bar, but I've got uh, slightly odd. I realise, just me again. And, um, but I, I do have salted caramel candles. I got so desperate to try and find Yankee candles that were salted caramel, I used to trawl the internet trying to find the things because they stopped making it. And then when you, when you take the lid off and you go, salted caramel, it's like you could lick the candle. Oh, just me again. And, uh, but it, it's a delicious, one of those scents. Uh, what have I got at the moment? At the moment, strawberries and cream or French vanilla. Why French? I have no idea. But I'm melting wax tartlets. You know, you buy, you don't know what tartlets are, do you? You really don't get out much. The poor producer, he looks at me blankly sometimes. You know, you, you sort of mention something you think is in common usage in, in the world and in nothing, nothing. But he did see one of his heroines in the square the other evening. Yeah, I know. I mean, he did meet somebody the other day. He said, I fell for it. He said, I, he said I, met, I met a girl last weekend. I said, oh, right. I said, what was her name? He said, Donna. I said, all right, Donna. He said, Donna Kebab. And uh, so he went, went through that one. And then he saw his favourite girl down in the square. And I said, did you go over and, and talk? And he said, uh, no. I said, it's because you're a bit shy, isn't it, really? You know, but he doesn't... Don't hide, honestly. Why you worry about it? Don't te- Listen, don't tell me anything if you don't want me to repeat it. Because I'm a radio... Is that what the other producers say? Do not say anything to Steve Allen. Because at some point... It will be woven. I always say to people, people "Say to, me, I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell anybody." I'm the world's worst at keeping a secret. I cannot. If I think it's integral to the to the program and what I do, then it just gets woven in. I think there's nothing the matter with you fancying that particular radio, TV presenter that you that you like. That's nice. I think it's good. You're never going to get anywhere there, of course. But it, you know, I mean, she. You don't know. She. She might go for the, Oh, I've just realised why you're going for it because of the Irish connection. Oh, is that what it is? Ah, right. Yeah, one of them. Apart from that, she's she's probably quite quite pretty, and you think she's fit, don't you? You think she? But then, do you not look at all the girls on Riverdance and the penguins and think some of those look a bit fit, don't you? They're not, not only not, I mean, not the penguins. You're dissing penguins again. Don't diss penguins. Listen, this is a program that is is an animal loving program. We like animals. We don't want anybody dissing animals or hurting animals in any way, shape, or form. Even though I have to be honest, I have trodden. On a few uh, a few ants in the past, but there is a Buddhist religion, isn't there? They won't even tread on ants; they brush them to one side. But of course, anybody will tell you, ants are so, You brush them to one side; you've literally detached their legs from their body. I don't see how that works. They go, "Oh, we want to, we want to sort of, you know, be nice to them." And um, the guy on the uh, on the one show, Warren, is called, oh, I've forgot his name now, but he's the ex Blue Peter presenter. He does country file, doesn't he, Matt? Matt' is name. he's just not a very good presenter on the one show. He's better at country file because that's what he does. He's terribly middle class, he's so BBC. You know it's like, okay, yeah, you know we're here now. And they like things like that, but on the other hand, they sort of they won't have anybody common. Um, and I suppose really you, uh, you, you can look at I mean you're never going to see Katie Price, Are you on the one show? You know, she's way too common, way too common. Although there is a Katie Price story in the paper today, it's a very interesting story about her son. You know, you thought she was gobby. The sun's even worse, as we now know, because she put them up on the television. She put them up on the television. And uh, somebody pointed out the other day, listen, if you don't want people... She's she's now going back to this internet trolling. uh, And she said, I know who you are, so come forward and confront me on Loose Women. And I'm shouting back, why have you not been to the police? Why are you wasting everybody's time? You're either really dumb and stupid. You go to the police if somebody's... And they put up pictures of Harvey... And they've, um, and they've said all sorts of uh, horrible things about him. And so she needs to go to the police. Has she been to the police? Not as far as I can see. She seems to think she can do it on the television. Well, you're not going to get any of these internet trolls. They scream like little girls. One of them said, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm really a nice person. Well, uh, I would suggest you go to the police, name them, and let's get Sky going around and doorstepping them. Let's find out who writes this filthy stuff. And uh, this particular one said, I'm not a bad person. You are. You are. You've got some sick illness. But uh, still to come, son junior has inherited her acid tongue. Why? Because he's an out-of-control kid. Because he comes up with things which are wholly inappropriate. On LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, 23rd of March, 2016. The papers are full of the atrocity yesterday of uh, ISIS in Brussels, killing 34 at the airport and the metro. Uh, The bomber's gloves hid the triggers You'd be quite worried, wouldn't you, if you were walking along and inadvertently you sort of touched the trigger before you were meant to. But in fact, so two of them have got these gloves on. Uh, luckily, they're both dead. And, uh, and then there's one who's on the run wearing a hat. He obviously decided he was far too much of a girl's blouse to, to, to blow himself up. Uh, they're saying that the reason they went out there is they thought they'd been identified by that other uh, bomber that we caught the other day. And they're worried that he might have named them. He did. He's singing like a canary to the police. He's giving names, dates, places. They're finding them very quickly. But there are a lot of them. But, uh, you know, I'm quite sure that, you know, some people will uh, dob them in. It's the families that I feel a bit sorry for because they're a bit stupid that they don't even understand what's going on with their own children. But there again, they're probably the sort of families that don't have anything to do with these kids anyway. Uh, Katie Price's mouth gets her into plenty of trouble over the years. She is a bit thick and that would be an understatement. She never engages brain. Now it seems Junior has inherited her acid tongue. The ten-year-old told a shocked studio audience whilst filming a Loose Women Kids special, a a, a really disgraceful waste of uh, television, the programme's bad enough as it is without dragging on the wayward kids. Poor old Colleen Nolan... You know, the other day looked like she was auditioning for Hairspray. I thought she, was, she looked a bit like Tracy Turnblatt, except Colleen can neither sing nor dance or do anything else at all. But she dragged on um, her wannabe singer son, Shane, who she had with Shane Ritchie. And you think all the others are bringing on children. She's bringing on, you know, practically an adult. But anyway, uh, very unlike Kate, uh, Junior, this is Junior Price, does sound a bit... Imagine he's going to get to about 50. What's your name, love? Junior Sorry, Junior. Oh dear God in heaven! Your mother was there. Is she with that barking mad woman. Yes. Anyway, he says that she'd brought a prisoner home. That's what he said on the on the programme. It's going to air on Good Friday. Uh, very unlike Katie. She was lost for words. Well, I mean, you know, because she is a bit dim. She thinks it's probably quite funny. It's bring him on here. He'll say something funny. Anyway, she was mortified and didn't know where it came from. But Junior was clearly joking. Really? What a ten-year-old! Do you think ten-year-olds understand about joking? Do you think so? i begin to wonder whether or not she's taken somebody else into the bedroom. But uh, as the remark had no context, ITV agreed to cut it from the show. But they tell you about it in the press release. Hilarious. Anyway, Junior, Katie's son by ex-husband Peter Andre, also asked the former glamour model, why did you divorce my dad? He's ten. Gobby already. You know, or not bright, as they say. And Junior told how Katie moaned about Peter and his new wife, Emily. He even laid into Katie for tweeting snaps of her daughter, Princess. With makeup on, Junior warned paedophiles could have seen the image. The source said it was a sensitive subject, but Junior was just looking at it for his eight-year-old sister, which the audience thought was cute. The one thing you can never describe the kids as is cute. You know, they've been exposed to more media than anybody else. Katie has clearly made the kids aware of a social media peril. Really? Quite clearly not. Quite clearly not. If he's talking about her taking a prisoner home... But uh, but then this campaign for a clampdown on trolling, of course, is just only in her tiny mind. So far, she's not been to the police, I gather. So, you know, either she's wasting everybody's time by droning on about it on Loose women, Go to the police. Let them find who these people are. You know, but don't, don't be judge and jury. It's not your decision. That comes down to the courts. But also, they've got the kids of uh, Andrea McLean. God, dear me. Nadia Sawala, Kay Adams. Well, she's got children. She's not even married, is she? And Colleen Nolan. So Colleen brought this wannabe singer along. You remember? This is the uh, the bloke who must be on a revenge mission because in two thousand and five, she said on Loose Women she'd treat him to a prostitute as an exam reward. That's how dirty and low rent she is, poor soul. Honestly, Ugh, disgusting. Disgusting old woman. Uh, Barbara Windsor, the EastEnders favourite. I was right about the purple and the violet. Looks gorgeous. Absolutely lovely. 78. Seriously, I mean, it's just not physically possible. Uh, she said the Queen's skin was great. I'm telling you, Barbara's skin is, is great as well. You know, really, really does look good. Um, another one here, talking about... Uh, talking about... Uh, wait a minute. Easter... A lot of people uh, sort of saying, it's true, we don't, all we think about at Easter is going out, enjoying ourselves. Yeah, but that's what we do. I don't see why we should have to go to church. It's a shame, but, you know, we don't. Totally agree uh, with you, says Mike, that Louis Walsh is right in getting rid of her from The X Factor. How would that work? She's one of the executive producers. Oh, you can always get rid of people. Oh, really? You can always get rid of people. Uh, she'd have made sure she has a watertight contract. No such thing, uh, Mike, as a watertight contract. No such thing. You can pay her off, get rid of her quite easily. And um, also, she's Simon Cowell's best buddy, which she uh, which isn't, but she has to pretend she is. And they have to be seen out occasionally because she's on the panel. But I don't think he actually spends time round her house. Do you think he's ever been round there? I think not. My X Factor lineup of judges would be Simon Cowell, Louis Walsh, Boy George and Mel B., All direct and funny. Yes, I agree with you, actually. Louis Walsh, because I like Louis Walsh anyway. And he's got experience, so he knows what he's talking about. Boy George, because he can be fairly gobby. In fact, he's definitely very gobby. Mel B, because she can be very good. And I want to see Sharon Osbourne back on it. You know, provided you keep her away from the booze, she's fine. (laughs) I used to laugh every time they'd go, she had a drink. It was so funny. There was a thing the other day on one of the papers. They said, has Barbara had a drink? She was being interviewed on TV. She doesn't drink. She hasn't drunk for Donkey's years. Donkey's years. Luther and Scott are teetotal. Listen, let me tell you, I've been out for lunch with them on numerous occasions. They're both teetotal. I, of course, had to hold back. I thought it looked, nothing worse is there than if somebody's teetotal and there's Steve Allen picking his way through a bottle. You know, it's that's not the best look in the world. But uh, no, definitely teetotal. Uh, so here we go on the uh, on the on the TV biz size side. Uh, Michelle Keegan. Oh, God, how dreary. Michelle Keegan, the world's biggest bore. And uh, she's keen to film more steamy roles. That's oh, all you're going to get, darling. They're never going to offer you Shakespeare, are they? Let's face it. And so this is ITV2's plebs kind of figures, doesn't it, really? ITV2 says it all. That's where they put the programmes they think aren't going to work, but they've got the channels. So they might as well use it. And so here she is. I'd seize her opportunity to do more sex scenes. Oh, dear, how tedious of you, dear. Never mind, but well, we've seen your acting. It's not great. It's sort of just about passable. But, uh, you know, but you have to do the sex scenes because that's all you can concentrate on, isn't it, really? You can't concentrate on something else. It's got to be the sex scenes because people go, you're a sexy person, very sexy person. And so she's sort of living up to that reputation. I wonder how long the marriage will last? Uh, the bloodbath in Brussels, the 8 a.m. attack. It's typical, isn't it? As I was heading home yesterday, this was taking place. And because I was nowhere near a radio, I didn't hear anything until a lot later on. Uh, the Brits have been, awar- uh, have been warned now, stay away from Brussels. Um, there's also lockdown, which is it's kind of a little bit late because somebody was able to actually get away with it. That means it's even more uh, even more difficult to try and to sort these things out. And then there was the story of Barry Cryer, the veteran comic. He's 80. He was in a in a hotel room. He was trapped. He missed an award. He couldn't get out. He was in the Mercure Grand in Leicester when the door jammed. Eventually, a member of the staff. Kick the door in, and he collected his gong at the Leicester Comedy Festival. Barry says it wasn't that amusing at first. I haven't been locked in a hotel room before. It's that dreadful, honestly. Shameless. How do you get locked in a hotel room? Unless it's got one of those sort of automatic doors, which sort of locks. What? (laughs) I'm trying to lip-read through the door, actually. (laughs) I can't lip through, read through doors. Just, I can't lip read, actually. Although I did it very well the other day. One of the producers, he, was, he, was, he was said something. And I said, because you were doing it, would not it? I lip read it. Yes, you did. Don't sit there and fib. I'll contact your family. Don't worry. I'll let them know where you're living. Uh, Carol Vorderman is uh, the guest columnist in the Daily Mirror for today. And uh, she does like Lewis Hamilton. You see, I'm a bit bored with Lewis Hamilton. In fact, I'm very, very bored with Lewis Hamilton. Uh, she likes Eddie Izzard. She's been on a juicing retreat. And, uh, and Adele is heartbroken because pictures of her son have been hacked. is shocking because I can't understand how anybody still believes anything is secure on the internet. I feel sorry for Adele, she says. But even GCHQ said last week that smart gas meters in, uh, and they've spelt it wrong, they've spelt it wrong actually in millions of homes, smart gas meters, M-E-T-R-E-S, it's meters. Oh dear! There's somebody. someone of the copyists is going to get into trouble at the Daily Mirror. Can't even spell. Go, struth, struth. Um, two robbers in jail for the brutal Rolex attack. We saw them on the television, didn't we? This is Neil Blackwell and Kevin Ripley. They uh, they robbed Roy James, who suffers Parkinson's. They're pathetic little wastes of space, big girls' blouses. And um, Roy was working at his Van hire business when the men burst in, wrestled him to the ground, and held him in a headlock till he fell unconscious. And then they stole the gold Rolex Yachtmaster and fled. But uh, one was jailed for five years and eight months. The other one got four years. The watch has not been recovered. Yeah, well, don't worry. Try and sell it. You'll be in big trouble again. Back to prison again. Two big girls' blouses in prison. Pathetic wastes of space. Uh, also, the ex-partner of Adam Johnson's sister. This is Adam Johnson's sister. The... Uh, The man who's up in court the footballer, has received a harassment warning after allegedly abusing the footballer's victim online. Stephen Knox posted messages on Facebook about the schoolgirl, which were shared by his followers. The police warning stated it was not commenting on the allegation he harassed the girl, but that Knox risked arrest if he flouted the notice. Yes, there's a notice against her. I mean, quite clearly, Adam Johnson's sister is a bit stupid and her ex-boyfriend is even more stupid. These people don't know, do they? And the crack-smoking nightmare... Night mayor. This is uh, the Toronto mayor. This is Rob Ford, surrounded by his family. Uh, lost an 18-month battle with aggressive abdominal cancer. He was filmed smoking crack cocaine, do you remember? And he's just died at the age of 46. But the saddest story in the paper today is two old bags. Janet and Jane. Might as well introduce John into it as well. It's mother and daughter, and you can imagine. I don't know where they come from, but uh, the mother has spent £40,000 to look like her daughter. She said, "When we used to go out, people thought we were sisters. No, they didn't, dear. No, they really did. Look at this picture here. You've spent forty grand, and you look like that. Go and get your money back." She spent money. She's had her boobs done. She's had this diet straightened, this done, and all the rest of it. It really is. It's a sad story of our time. It's a sad story of a desperate, desperately sad wannabe, and uh, and two. They've even got identical dogs. There's something the matter, isn't there, when a mother of 57 wants to look like the daughter 35. The daughter was horrified, I can well imagine. She's spending your inheritance, dear. But, uh, and to end up looking like that? Oh, God, how sad, how tragic. Where next? After the uh, terrorists in the terminal left loads of people dead and hundreds injured in a day of carnage, the big question of where next is just about anywhere. The secret to Victoria Beckham's skinny figure, apparently she only eats spinach and salt. Spinach and salt's an odd one, isn't it? And uh, the Rotherham Four, blast by reports. All they've got to look after all the uh, child sex cases is one part-time policeman. On FM, online, on... Morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, the 23rd of March, the day after the bloodbath in Brussels. The Death Squad pictured... On the front of the papers, it's that easy. Nobody takes a blind but a notice of them. These are the primed suspects. Two of them wearing gloves. They now say that they contained the triggers which, uh, which blew themselves up. There is one man who is missing and police want to find him. Uh, he was wearing a hat, but no gloves. Not that I can see in these pictures. Uh, this... Happened yesterday morning at about seven, so by the time we'd got to eight o'clock in the morning, all hell was breaking loose. It's the front of uh, every single paper. The Daily Mail asked the question, which you'll be asking, how many more jihadi bombers are there out there? The answer? Lots. Lots. And we can't do anything about it. There is nothing we can do about it. I've listened to the arguments for and against. I've listened to people talking about it. I've seen the horrific pictures on the television. But then I've seen horrific pictures over the years of carnage, which has been created by bombs and people blowing themselves up. Totally indiscriminate. Um, As usual, there'll be the people saying, oh, well, this is a conspiracy theory. This is this. And I've said, listen, I don't think it's got anything to do with religion. These, These people are nothing. They're absolutely nothings. In the world of religion, they don't even feature. They think they do. But, of course, you know, and they despise the West so much, but they embrace every single bit of its culture. Every single thing they embrace, from telephones... To, uh, to sat-navs, to all the trappings, everything that they absolutely adore about the West. That's what they like about it. But at the same time, they think they're, they're inflicting their views. So they don't care if they kill Muslims or children or babies or mothers who are pregnant. They couldn't care less. They're not remotely interested. They put nail bombs out there, and we're expected to go, yeah, fine, but we pick ourselves up, we dust ourselves off, we bury our dead, and then we carry on with life. Because you cannot let anything like this, and there would be nothing that would stop people from going. But I did hear people saying with uh, with Darren overnight on LBC that they were frightened to go out and they wouldn't do this and now the government says don't go to Brussels. Why? You don't think they're going to do it again in Brussels where the whole city is on meltdown? They're not going to do anything, are they? So, in fact, now would be a very good time to go to Brussels. Other stories which are in the uh, the papers for today... Uh, the Rotherham sex cases. Do you know that there is one part-time policeman for a hundred child sex cases? There are more sex cases in Rotherham, and probably going around the country where uh, where people have been abusing children over the years. There is also calls uh, to prosecute the uh, the man known as Nick, who was the one who made claims about politicians and Harvey Proctor and and Ted Heath and everybody else, which turned out to come to nothing, uh, a mentally ill fantasist, they've said, and he should be prosecuted, taken into court, because um, even though the police said he was a credible witness and they have not apologised to Harvey Proctor, it's a case of this man has just fantasised over it. I mean, you could tell straight away. I mean, surely anybody with half a brain cell would realise that this just was not true, that it was just made up. No stoppers on poppers. The amyl nitrate... And uh, they've decided they're not going to, to criminalise it. They've decriminalised it. So, people, in, in response to gay groups and everybody else who uses poppers, um, and you can buy it, I'm assuming. I don't know if people buy it on the internet. I'm assume, I mean, I don't know actually. Actually, I've suddenly had a thought can you buy it on Amazon? I wonder if you could buy... If it's been decriminalised, I wonder if you could buy it on Amazon. I wonder if you went on to Amazon and typed in poppers, whether you'd actually find anything. I shall have a check on that uh, very shortly. Uh, Barbara Windsor met the Windsors. The two Windsors meet, which is is lovely, and she looked absolutely gorgeous. Uh, The speed driver who left his mates to die in an inferno is a horrendous story, which makes most of the papers for today. And the... uh, Uh, Harry's left a bit red-faced I'll be glad when this uh, publicity stunt is over in Nepal Uh, now siding with the Gurkhas whereas in fact it was Joanna Lumley who fought for the Gurkhas I don't remember seeing Harry anywhere there Uh, the mum who spent £40,000 to look like her daughter is just another one of those sad people in the country who sort of seems to think that she will always she said even on my deathbed I'll be having injections I mean I just want to know where you get money like that from I don't know and so uh, Janet Horrocks and Jane Cunliffe were often mistaken for sisters, really. I shouldn't think so. They don't look like sisters at all. They look like two really ropey old baggages. And if you go in the papers, Janet splashed out £40,000. And so she's had uh, £8,000 on two boob jobs. Five, you th- oh, two boob jobs? And you ask yourself, why couldn't they get it right first time around? £5,000 on a nose job and an eye lift. £7,000 on... White veneer, £7,000 on Botox and fillers, £10,000 on hair extensions. Can't even grow her own hair. But by you, looking at the state of her daughter's hair, which is rough in the extreme, uh, £3,000 on laser skin, resurfacing and eyebrow tattoos. And she still looks dreadful. She still looks dreadful. I'm assuming it must be some sort of tedious television programme. But when you look at how awful they both look... Their hair is bleached to pieces. The daughter's hair is like rat's tails. It really is dreadful. And she thinks she looks good at 35. <sighs> really bad. Really, really, really bad. Uh, stop donating, please. Fifty Shades to charity. They cannot sell them. A charity shop. Uh, this is an Oxfam store. They've got so many copies of the E.L. James novel, they've been forced to say, please, no more. Even though it sold 125 million around the world, they've got... Stacks of them. Stacks of literally hundreds. Of the books, and they've been forced to hand them over to a warehouse where they either be sold online or recycled. I didn't know so many people who use charity shops were reading Fifty Shades of Grey. I mean, I really didn't. I've never read the book. I know some people around here have actually uh, read it, and they go, "Oh, it's it's quite, um, you know, quite racy-pacy. I don't I don't really sort of uh, worry about racy-pacy books anymore. <laughs> oh, dear. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, spinach and salt diet, what utter rubbish, says Martin. What paper was that in? Who even wrote it? No, well, it was from a friend. From a friend who said that they go out, Dave has steak, because he would, wouldn't he? I have steak, I think. OK, Dave, you have steak. And uh, Victoria, have spinach, please. It's my bank book. (laughs) Minus 3.8 million. And uh, Martin says, by the look of the woman, she hasn't earned that 40 grand in any sort of... I don't know how. She said she's going to keep spending money. And I suppose that uh, with the subject of the mother and sister, mother and daughter, sorry. I mean, to be honest with you, once you've seen the pictures, you'll be horrified at how bad they both look. In fact, you know, the mother looks marginally better, but she spent 40,000 quid. The daughter's hair, as I say, is just shot to pieces. Looks ghastly. Why would you ever want to put yourself in the paper and make people laugh at you? It's terrible. Uh, Steve. uh, Oh, yes, so just going back. So Dave eats steak and the kids eat pizza because I don't think she can cook, can she? Probably spinach is pushing it a little tiny bit. Uh, Martin says, for bad spelling and grammar, read the uh, Daily Mail online. I'm horrified that this is actually in one of the columns as well. Couldn't spell metre. They thought it was the length as opposed to a gas metre. Uh, I remember Colleen Nolan talking about sending her son to a hooker and Shane Ritchie, his dad, blowing his top, said Malcolm. I remember her saying it. I wasn't sure if it ever happened. It was supposed to be a prize. But there again, she's a bit simple, Colleen. She's a bit simple. What if she started that diet to get the weight off after they told her she was three stone overweight. I wonder if she started that. She did say she was going to go on the diet and stop smoking, but as usual with her probably... Um, it was all pie in the sky, I should imagine. Is it, did me, was it me or did it appear that the Queen nearly pinned Barbara Windsor's damehood on her boobs, says James. Well, that's where it goes on the... Um, she's quite well endowed in that department, but, I mean, that's where the... Uh, uh, goes. I mean, I don't... I always imagine, actually, it always makes me laugh. Whenever I see there's a picture in the paper today of this horrendous woman who thinks she looks like Katie Price... And she's had her boobs so inflated; they look like two small beach balls. It looks she looks really ridiculous. But I always imagine if somebody sticks a pin in, they go, you know, and then they and they just sort of take off. I imagine them just being deflated. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. So if you're blonde, you're intelligent. That uh, that really doesn't work in the case of these two women uh, who are in the papers for today. And um, and the other story. What was the other story I did? Oh yes. Um, The day Kate Moss tried to get into my trousers. Uh, This is Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger talking to the mirror day two. Um, He's slightly odd, Mick Jagger, isn't he? I've never seen the Rolling Stones live. I've never expressed an interest in seeing them live, but I'm a big fan. Well, you know, as much of a fan as you you can be of somebody who you've never ever seen live. Uh, Here's a picture of Stephen Fry getting bigger by the day. His husband is 28. Uh, He's apparently a comedian, but I've never heard him say anything remotely funny. Stephen Fry, of course, is eminently clever, but Stephen Fry has just ballooned. Uh, They've recently bought a mansion in the Hollywood Hills area. They're planning to make America their main base. I mean, we do know that uh, Stephen's weight goes up and down, up and down. Uh, Elliot, who is markedly skinny, uh, has also filled out a little bit. But there again, you know, that's their business. If he wants to put on weight but they uh they sort of make out it's some big deal that one of them puts on weight and one of them then loses a bit of weight then one puts on some more weight. Uh Sarah Vine talking about um uh Twitter's a sewer, so I'm quitting. So she doesn't uh, she doesn't like Twitter at all. Some people don't like it. Some people, you know, just cannot get on with Twitter at all. They say, "Oh, I've been trolled on uh, on Twitter." And I said, well, you, just, you just block somebody. It's as simple as that. They're, they're generally people who've got some sickness, so you just block them. It's as simple as that. You just go, click, they're gone. Never see it ever again. So they then have to take out another number or you know, so they can send you something else. But no, you just block them. I never understand why anybody would do it. Like the, the Katie Price story about the internet trolls on Harvey. And she's doing it on television. Go to the police, you silly woman. That's what the police are there for get the police, get them arrested, especially the person who then said, oh, I'm really sorry. They're just hoping that the uh, the police don't turn up on their doorstep. Make them turn up on their doorstep. Don't ever believe a troll who says, oh, I've stopped doing it because I feel a bit guilty about it. No, 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 no. No, you, you, you get the police involved, you get them round. you get them arrested and you charge. You say, do you want to press charges? Yes, absolutely press charges. The police love people like that. Let's find out who these people are. Definitely. So don't don't waste anybody's time, dear. It's no good sort of trying trying to pretend you're on top of it because you're not on top of it at all. You've got no idea. Uh, Warren has just booked to see Aladdin. This is the show coming over from America. Should be excellent. Should be excellent. Should be really, really good. And I'm looking forward to seeing that when it comes over. But I haven't booked seats yet. I'm being uh, I'm being particularly lax and lazy. But uh, I think it's uh, good. Uh, Ian Dale was talking last night about the uh, the things that he talked about with Donald Trump. That Donald Trump disgusts him. Seems to discuss uh, discuss quite a lot of uh, a lot of people. Uh, also, uh, a lot of people here. Uh, yes, the um, the voice competition, which is in the uh, the Radio Times, I think finishes in April. As far as I remember, it finishes in April. So you can go online. And vote. Mandy says, Steve, she did wear purple. You should have had a bet. I should have done actually. And Roger said, nice purple outfit. Yes, it's it's lovely, isn't it? And then Claire says exactly the same she wore regal purple. It's because purple suits her. Um suits her. Oh I did remember yesterday I tweeted about the fact that I was going home to get crumpets and put butter on and then dairy lee cheese spread. So I did go and buy some crumpets and i did have some butter in the fridge and i did go and get some i couldn't find dairy cheese spread so i bought dairy cheese slices they were so boring they were so dull i should have put marmite on actually and uh, i mean i know the idea that it was supposed to be quite but it didn't it just didn't do it for me but i did manage to eat four crumpets i feel a bit i mean i'm feeling a bit guilty this morning feeling a little bit guilty uh but uh, you know Oh, the guilt's finished. There you go. Look at that. Honestly, in an instant, it's been taken away from me. It's 5.15. Nick of the team this morning, as it's reported at least 34 people have been killed and nearly 200 injured in the latest terror attack to hit European soil. How has Brussels become so radicalised and is Britain next? That's Nick Ferrari from 7, after the morning news with Lisa Aziz and Tom Swarbrick, who's live in Brussels. Looking at the papers today, George Pascoe Watson, former political editor of The Sun and now a partner at Portland Communications agency. Uh, There's a a very interesting story in a lot of the papers today. It's only interesting for the fact that it's another gagging order. And uh, this is the story of, and we don't identify the people because I've got no idea who they are, but it's a married show business celebrity who betrayed his partner in a threesome with another couple should have his identity protected. So says a senior judge. The decision to block A newspaper, and I think it was The Sun on Sunday, from publishing details of the sexual encounter, shields the well-known individual from public exposure of his infidelity to his spouse. It's likely to ensure that the long-standing claims of being committed to his partner, also a prominent figure in the entertainment world, will go unchallenged. Now, over the past few years, uh, many celebrities have been reluctant to turn to the law in an attempt to hide their behaviour following the public exposure of Ryan Giggs and the disgraced banker Fred Goodwin. Both men tried to use the courts to silence information about affairs, but were then the subject of speculation on social media. And uh, so now it's this this couple have children as well. And it's interesting that people go to the courts now to get a gagging order. I mean, I can't... I mean, to be honest with you, with hand on heart, I couldn't care less either way. It makes no difference to me. It's not my life. It's their life. If that's what they choose to do, or the husband chooses to do. I don't know. It depends how big this person is. So it's it's a show business couple, and they've got children, and they're both... what You know, from what you gather in the newspapers, they're both sort of known. They're both known people and so that was sort of what that would damage I've got no idea I mean are we so so shocked nowadays and so abhorrent of anybody's action they go oh so the, the husband went off and had a threesome with another couple I mean I'm I've ceased to be I've ceased to be worried about things like that now I don't really care what people get up to as long as it doesn't frighten the sheep I don't particularly much what, whatever people get up to in their home I really couldn't care less but if it's behind locked doors that's that's their uh, that's their business uh, more pictures of the the queen going out for this 90th birthday party um, do you know, I think, actually, ten years ago, that was the Queen's last known visit to a restaurant. She doesn't go out to restaurants, and I have a, I've a feeling it's exactly the same restaurant she went to. Ten years ago, for her 80th, and now for the for the 90th, and uh, she was met by Lady Penn. There was also Princess Alexandra, Lady Sarah Chateau, the Duke of Kent, uh, was there as well, and I think Princess Anne was there. But uh, that, was about, that was about it. So there was about seven of them. And they go there. Princess Alexandra wearing, I don't know, she looks like she's wearing her pyjamas, poor soul. And uh, they say here she would have had a choice of dishes, including caviar, oysters. You see, the I think the Queen eats very simply. You know, these things might be available on the menu. And looking at the, at the lovely menu here, terrine foie gras, avocado vinaigrette. I mean, avocado vinaigrette is eight quid. Well, you can get three avocados for a pound now. I know, because I know know the prices. Uh, herrings, pom a hue, 8.50. Chicken and coriander broth. Well, nobody's... She's not going to be eating that, is she, any time soon? She will have had... To, they will have decided what she's saying. She doesn't sit there, the Queen, uh, for so ten years since she's been out to a restaurant. So ten years, she's... You think she sits there and somebody brings around the menu and says, do you want a drink from the bar first? No, of course not. They'll have decided exactly what she has, and I shouldn't imagine it will be any of this. Uh, Terrine of Hare... £10.50. Who picks up the bill for this, do you think? Do you think it was a treat for her? Smoked Scottish salmon. See, that sounds like quite nice. But that's £16.50. Well, you can get three for a tenner in Marks and Spencer's? Uh, Fish, grilled swordfish. £16. The most expensive is casserole of... No, sorry, it's roast turbot and braised leeks. Fill it a place with a crab sauce. Sounds quite nice, doesn't it? I don't like crab, but I could probably cope with the sauce. And salt beef pot au feu. Medallion of venison, steak tartare and piccata of veal with white truffle oil. That sounds quite nice. I've never had white truffle oil. What a heathen I am, ladies and gentlemen. Perhaps I should. But for desserts, sorbets, uh, one here, orange and almond cake. She won't have any of this. That's why she's lived to 90. She doesn't, she, she doesn't eat very much food at all. She probably gets in and has a kebab on the way back. But that's just the Queen, isn't it? Really? You just imagine I'm get, sending somebody out going, I've never eaten a kebab. Go and get me a kebab. Uh, Would you want sauce on it? I don't know. Get a portion of fries as well. You just see her sort of... There must be loads of food that she's never eaten. I mean, just imagine the Queen has never eaten Kentucky Fried Chicken. She's never had a McDonald's Big Mac. Because that just wouldn't feature, would it? I shouldn't imagine Princess Anne's ever eaten one either. It's just not the kind of thing... Do you think the Queen's ever had a hot dog with onions? No, of course not. Of course not. They eat different food. Do you think she has toast for breakfast? yes. But, uh, but do you think she has any of the sort of food that we go for? Do you think she's had fish and chips out of newspaper? Never. Never. All those little luxuries in life. She's never had the delight of pushing a trop- shopping trolley around Tesco. She's, you know, that's a, that's a pleasure denied her. She's never done that. She's never had to queue in the post office to get a pension. She's never been out to post a letter. All these things that sort of, that sort of happen is, is sort of all things that you think, but will you actually take them for granted? I mean, do you think she's ever actually made a cup of tea? I shouldn't think so. Somebody will do it. I know that in Charles's case, there is the... Is it the... What do they call him? The... Uh, something of the bathroom. The person who actually lays his pants out in his bedroom and, um, and then puts the toothpaste on his toothbrush. Charles hasn't even gone electric. I think it's a static toothbrush. But apparently there is somebody who literally... As Charles is going into the bathroom, he's sort of all his clothes fall off him, and somebody walks behind and picks up the clothes, and he just walks into the shower and then gets ready. So there will be people who've seen Charles Stark naked. Feeling slightly queasy this morning. Uh, Slightly queasy. But there are loads of things that the Queen's never done. She's never been out and bought sort of chocolates, going, we'll have two of those, one of those, because it just arrives. She doesn't have to do it. I mean, I shouldn't imagine. I mean, can you see her with a basket on her arm going round, you know, Fortnum and Masons, and people saying, Your Majesty, I know that Prince Philip did it because we saw him at the Windsor Farm Shop on the documentary about the Queen's Castle, and he goes in there, and I think people then suddenly realise, oh God, it's Prince Philip, because you don't expect to see him there, even though it's part of the Windsor estate. And he said to one woman, oh, nice vegetables, nice vegetables, and the woman said, yes, he, are they are they good? They because he's obviously never tried anything, but they do try and sort of make themselves a little bit self-sufficient. But the, the Queen would not be a posh eater. She'd be very, you know, steeped in sort of history. Something fairly simple, but obviously with a light touch to it. And I bet she doesn't. I bet she doesn't have chips. I bet she doesn't. I bet she doesn't have chips. I'm trying to think of all the other things. Do you think she's ever had a sausage in batter? <laughs> The answer, no, I don't think so. Uh, TV sex scenes. Somebody says make them feel very inadequate. I think it's just a bit unnecessary. I feel a bit sorry for actresses who ever say, "Oh, I love doing my TV." Like Michelle Keegan in the papers today. I like doing TV sex scenes. You think, oh dear, that's well, just so pathetic, isn't it? Can you ever see any of our great actresses like Maggie Smith going? I think a sex scene in Downton. How about that at the age of ninety-seven? Uh, a couple dicing with death. On a two hundred foot high crumbling ledge, uh, again a little bit simple. It's not their fault. Uh, had they been, you know, any nearer, they'd have fallen to their deaths immediately. Geologists have warned cracks could stretch back thirty three feet to forty nine feet. You can see the cracks. She's standing on them here. They were hazardous to walk on, but uh, this uh, this woman, a thrill seeking, she's celebrating her idiocy. And so, luckily, the papers have highlighted how stupid she is. I like the idea as well today in the papers. I only got excited about this yesterday. Because millions of households could see hundreds of pounds a year slashed from their broadband bills under government plans to crack down on online rental charges. Telecom companies will be told to stop charging landline rental on top of the broadband fee for the 15% who do not have a home telephone. You see, I have a home telephone, but I never use it. I use my mobile. I use my mobile all the time, I use my mobile at home. I do not use the home telephone. Is that? I mean, it, I'm not sure if that's normal or if that's that's not normal. I'm delighted to say I'm being followed by Matrix Magic. I quite like the idea of that. You know me and my uh, and my magic. And uh, Ken says nothing wrong with crumpet in the morning. Stop it, hold back. And uh, Emily Maitlis, Steve, Katie Hopkins, Louise mentioned Laura Kunzberg, blondes with brains. Yes, yes, I think so. I don't know anything about Emily Maitlis, I just know they, they keep trying to sell her to us. Katie Hopkins I know everything about, Louise Mench I'm bored with, and the other one I've never even heard of. But, uh, but blondes with braid. Now I'm not sure whether they mean blondes, natural blondes, or bottle blondes, as we used to call it. You know, whether it's come out of a bottle or a... Now it's a packet, isn't it? Bottle blondes. And so you, I wonder what colour Boy George... Has Boy George got any hair? I can't remember if he's actually got any hair now. I think he's going to come fully made up with a hat on this morning for me? I think he will. I have a sneaking feeling he will. I bet he gets up really early to get himself ready because, there'll be people, because he'll be on camera in one of the studios here and uh, I think I'm on camera in the studio. Can you see me? Am I on the screen? No, I'm on... Oh, is it painting the other way? Oh, how embarrassing. I'm not even on the right camera. Not good, is it? LBC News time though. It's 5.30 with the latest headlines. Here's Lisa Aziz. Belgium police say they want to hear from anyone who knows the two dead suspects behind the Brussels bombings as a... Th- was well, just looking, actually, I was just sort of thinking, I just looked at one of these, uh, these chocolate egg things. And I said, that, to me, actually, is like a drug. If you're a diabetic, to have that much sugar, because it's fondant, which, as far as I'm concerned, is just pure sugar. I said, you only need a little bit of that. And I'm up on the ceiling. But the quickest thing for me as a diabetic, as anybody will tell you, is jelly babies. I used to love jelly babies. I used to adore jelly babies. And uh, and then people would write in to me going, have you had jelly babies this morning? Because I was, I was a bit naive. I knew that I wasn't supposed to have them. Like, you're not supposed to have anything if you're diabetic. I mean, you might as well just become a hermit and sort of sit there going, oh, I really want to eat all the bad. All the bad things that we like are bad. So you can't, you can't have any of these things at all. It's absolutely terrible. It's absolutely terrible. You you just sort of, you sort of sit there thinking, oh, I'd like that. And then you think, oh, that'd be quite nice. And then occasionally, very, 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 very occasionally, um, I might have some fish and chips. And I only discovered the other day, actually, because I'm always very wary of fish shops. Uh, Fish and chip shops, because I always think, you know, if they can do fish and chips for this sort of price, how much are they paying for the fish? And is it fresh fish? Is it frozen? Frozen? Frozen fish. So I was quite pleased the other day to see uh, one of the guys from our fish shop in Twickenham taking fresh fish into the fish and chip shop. I was very excited by that. I thought, well, I must I must try this because I had not had until the other week beer batter. Beer-battered haddock was the most delicious thing I think I've had in ages. It was just, and there's something about batter. I don't know whether it's a northern thing, I don't know what it is, but I can't remember the first time I ever had it, but I remember thinking then, this is delicious. I absolutely love it. Apparently the best truffle oil in is a barney, says Dean. Few, few drops in your mushroom soup or risotto. Tony says, I can imagine the Queen at McDonald's or KFC. What do you think, Philip? Bargain bucket? You know, just uh, it's all these things that you take for granted that you do. I mean, do you think that do you think that the Queen has ever had a milkshake? Do you think she's ever no? Do you think she's ever put on a pair of jeans and sort of gone? I'm not going to do my hair today and just sort of sling on a baseball cap. You know, a bit like uh, poor old Harry does. He puts on the baseball cap, but mainly because the press are now picking on him because his hair is dropping out faster than his uh, than his career. If, of course, you call that a career. But uh yes, yeah, so he's he's got his favourite baseball cap on. Tracy says I tried the kumpets, crumpets with laughing cow cheese, and I'm there with you, not for me. No, I mean I don't know, it's it just didn't work actually. It really didn't work. I was I was very in fact I was more disappointed because I tell you what I thought. I thought Dairy Lee I was trying to find the box of the triangles, because I am, I thought it was stronger than it was. The cheese slices were just boring. I mean, seriously, it was like plasticized cheese. And I was so excited. And, and I thought, yeah, this is really good. But, of course, I've I've been more disappointed as I've got a little bit older about things which just don't work the same way. Uh, Johnny Boy says, I'm diabetic, and if my sugar go low, I can have four jelly babies, and it takes about a cup of years. Yes, I mean, I think it works fairly fast. It used to be, I used to take something else if ever I went low. But, of course, I'm lucky I don't go low. My friend Mike goes low. I don't go low and uh i'm I'm generally if anything i'm a sort of the uh the higher end, but not you know not not ridiculously high because you'd know about it because you'd hear it in the program. I could hear it in the program I tend to go a bit light headed if i've had sort of too much but um, what did I used to take? There used to be some tablets that gave you an instant hit if you were going to go low. And I used to, when I was first diagnosed, I used to carry them. And I used to say to the producer, just in case I go under, this is what I've got here, or orange juice. If you watch the film Steel Magnolias, she goes into a diabetic coma when she's having her hair done. And so they're forcing orange juice into her mouth to get the, uh, the blood sugars up as quick as possible. Because that's what... You don't want to go under... That's the worst thing you can do, but I have got friends who do, who do go under. Uh, Steve, like you, I've never used my landline for years, and I'd never ring any family or friends on the landline. The sooner they stop the line rental, the better. Must be making a fortune. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I sort of, I haven't used my phone for years. I use the mobile because I get all the phone calls for free, but I'm still paying line rental. And I don't, I don't really know why, actually. I suppose because I'm renting the line. Uh, Fern says, uh, driving girlfriend to airport. You've now got a new fan. She laughed all the way. Drugs. Drugs. That's what it is. That's the answer to everything nowadays, isn't it? Drugs. <laughs> I like the idea that people laugh at this programme. I think sometimes I laugh. It's mainly out of pity, I think, for some of the stories I read in the papers. And the, uh, and you know. And I did start the programme by saying this morning, I hate it when, when a programme starts, when you just can't get, you know, the whole idea of radio is to try and lighten people's mood and try and make them feel a lot better. But for the the people of Brussels, the other day... And, uh, and the nail bomber who's now on the, uh, the run, two people who killed themselves. I can only applaud their stupidity, rank stupidity. The trouble is, they obviously have family. I'm assuming they have family. And quite clearly, they don't have a care in the world. They couldn't care less about children, women, uh, disabled people, pregnant mothers. They couldn't care less about anything, about their own families. They probably wouldn't care if their own families got blown up in this as well. That's what's so sad about them and so pathetic. But it's this new thing with the gun new thing with the, with the, sorry, with the gloves. Wearing the glove, one glove. And they say that uh, hides the detonation switches. Um And they push trolley, all three together. So now we're going to start looking at people just wearing one glove. Is that what we're going to be looking at? You know, it just gets ridiculous. And uh, as this nail bomber goes on the run, because his didn't detonate, although how he detonated it without a glove, I've got no idea. The Daily Mail say, how many more jihadi bombers are out there? And the answer is there could be Thousands. Uh, There could be thousands. The Belgian official says the unidentified attackers are still at large. They've issued an alert for a suspect whose bomb failed to explode. Uh, They're hunting for a master bomb maker. Latest attack, they say, linked to the arrest of Salah Absalam, who hid in Brussels for four months after taking part in the Paris atrocities. He's now singing, as I say, like a canary to the authorities over there about the people he knows and uh, exactly their names and where they come from. And that'll be it. Uh, Brits should be alert, but not alarmed, is the message coming out from the government. But you look at the carnage that these uh, these bombs... They-, they are designed, though, to do that. That's what a bomb is. It's like war, only in towns, as opposed to doing it in fields, where sort of, you know, troops come over the top and all the rest of it. The- these are people who do it, you know, indiscriminately, at least before when you had wars, you knew all about it because you could see the opposing side, they were there. In this particular case, you don't know who the opposing side is. But uh, we live to fight another day. It's as simple as that. We don't retaliate because we don't know what we're retaliating, so occasionally we just go and sort of bomb a few ISIS strongholds and we kill Jihadi John, which was you know the best news anybody had ever heard. But you look at the 70 minutes of carnage, and it was over here, so that provides you know, one distraction, and then the uh, the underground. But when you look at them strolling through the airport, pushing luggage trolleys, which were carrying nail bombs, they were deliberately designed to cause maximum injury. That's why they don't care. I don't know what they think they're proving by this. They're not proving anything, apart from the fact they're particularly simple and stupid, and their parents probably hope they've gone straight to hell. But in the uh, in the train, the carnage was there and clear to see in the pictures in the newspapers. When you look at the uh, the windows and the doors that were blown out on the sides of the train and uh, wounded victims, you know, lying all over the place and the screams of the children, they say. But the bomb maker the police cannot catch strikes again. Uh, UKIP have said visa-free borders are a threat to security. Trump says Brussels falling to bits after the atrocities. But it can happen anywhere. It can happen anywhere. In America it happens. Where they've got sleepy little towns where all of a sudden somebody opens fire on school children. It happens all over the place. Uh, Michael Burley, writing in the mail, says the lethal failures are the bungling Belgians. They're not known as the most intelligent police force in the world, and uh, they'll have been thrown into total confusion by uh, by this one. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk uh, Donald says... Um, Uh, She was sailing in the Western Isles a few years ago. They sent out a boat to a local fishing boat to collect some langoustine for Her Majesty's tea. Yes, I I just think she eats healthily. She wouldn't be going for anything on the menu. They'll be saying she'll have probably some lightly poached salmon and they'll be petrified in case they get it wrong. She won't eat very much. I don't think she does eat very much. Whenever they have banquets at Windsor Castle or Buckingham Palace, I've seen the, the layout and they serve the food. There's always the Queen who is served and then she'll sort of just... Because she's talking... So she's got used to educating her stomach to accept less. So she'll have little bits of food. And then when she's uh, decided she's had enough, she reaches under the table. She pushes the button and all the doors open and they come and uh, take away the plates. Whether you've finished eating or not. It's a case of when when the Queen's decided she's finished, you've all decided to stop eating at the same time. So I, I think she, um, I just think that she's, uh, she's fine. And uh, she won't eat very much. She won't eat very much. Uh, Katerina, did I get get my gift? Oh, yes, I did. I told you I got the gift. Yes, I told you. I did, definitely. Uh, I believe that the Queen, says Noreen, does a bit of barbecuing. Or used to. Yes, now, you'll know that from that Margaret Rhodes book where they've got a picture. The Queen out barbecuing. I'm not sure she actually does it. I'm not sure if she does or gets somebody else to doing it. But uh, she said, uh, Noreen says, I can't see her in Little or Aldi. Uh, We've booked to see all or nothing about the small faces in less than three weeks until the Peter Noon tour. Enjoy Boy George. Yes, the management have started laying down on what I can talk about and what I can't talk about. Which seems a bit pointless because he's already talked about all the things in his life in his books. He's, he's talked about everything. I remember once a PR said to me, uh, with, with a guest coming in, they said, can you not... Um, ask the guest about um, so-and-so, so-and-so. And I went, OK, fine, you know, if that's what you want. Because I thought maybe the artist, in this particular case, a very well-known singer, didn't want to talk about it. But within two minutes, the artist had said, of course, when I did so and and I thought, oh, so I'm looking at the PR going, but I thought I wasn't supposed to talk about it. So he talks about it. I'm quite sure that Boy George will talk about anything. I mean, I don't think he has a curb on his tongue, but we'll find out. Phil Vickery says, re-truffle oil, it's like petrol. Hate the stuff. Oh I love the smell of petrol. Oh I love the smell of petrol. I can't tell you how much I love the smell of petrol. When I was when I was littler, about fifteen years old, uh, I used to help out at a local garage when it was you know, people used to come out to fill the car up. Happy days. Now of course you have to do it yourself. Some people put those plastic gloves on. Pretentious. You know, a plastic glove on and put it there because I don't want to smell of petrol. But I love the smell of petrol. And I'd go out there and I can I can take you back to it now. Big garage, BP. And we used to have mist that swirled around in the countryside and then all of a sudden a car would turn up on the forecourt and you'd go out there and they'd go uh, fill her up or they'd go you know three gallons or I'll have a pounds worth and you'd turn a dial at the side su- oh, I used to love it you used to love it and green shield stamps I used to love pushing the button on the machine to give them green shield stamps Re- really cool stuff really really cool stuff that's so I-, I learnt to love the smell of petrol I don't know why it's an odd thing that isn't it there's certain smells that stick with you You know, like, you know, the other day we were in Regent's Park and they just cut the grass. It was the most beautiful smell ever. I remember thinking I could go and roll in that. And then I thought, maybe not. You know, a little bit too old to be doing. It's like, you know, you see a hill, you think, oh, I can go and roll down that hill. Then you think, don't be so silly, Stephen. You're over the age of 40, for goodness sake. That's for young people. You know, you'll probably damage yourself if you roll downhill. Ow, 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 ow. You know, so you don't do it. It's as simple as that. There are certain things you stop doing when you get to a certain age. One of them is climbing trees. I do not climb trees anymore, much as I'd like to. I did try it a short while ago in Osterley Park. I was with some friends, and I said, "Oh, a tree!" And it was uh, the, the branch wasn't too high. Well, I couldn't lift myself onto it. Years ago, I'd have done it. I'd have been swinging around like a chimpanzee, but uh, but not now, not now. Uh, Steve, I had a friend says Phil, whose company supplied the pa- fa- oh, can't speak now supplied the palace with fish, and they had a van on twenty four hour standby. Was is this in case they sort of they decided on fish at the last minute? So isn't it funny? I, d- I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely going to try some some haddock. I've decided. I want I want some haddock today. I don't think it's very likely, but I'm definitely going to try for for haddock. See, see if they can do it. But uh, so they oh, come here. They uh, used to supply the palace with fish. So just just to be on standby. But it's obviously got to be good quality, hasn't it? Because I'm always amazed that chefs know you know you can pick up things and smell it and look at it. You know, and just sort of decide whether it's good quality. Fish, though, is the quickest thing that you can become ill by, I'm told. It's uh, quarter to... well, sort of. Quarter to six. <laughs> morning, everybody. It's uh, 11 minutes to six. Tom Swarbrick live in Brussels this morning. On with uh, Lisa Aziz and, uh, and then with Nick Ferrari as well. If only there were answers. If only there were answers. There isn't. There's just the aftermath and the fact that some families are uh, waking up this morning with the knowledge that they've lost some of their loved ones. Uh, So that'll be uh, just after the news at 6.30 this morning. Ian says, listening on the app in Istanbul, he's uh, he's a flying person, a bit like Warren. The latest cowardly attack is terrible. It is cowardly, isn't it? It is cowardly. It's just indiscriminate. They don't care. I've said it a million times, you know, whether it's children, pregnant mothers, their own parents, they couldn't care less. They're They're that spineless uh, may the perpetrators he says rot in hell he said changing the uh, the tack. i had the pleasure of meeting sasha baron cohen recently a total delight well i'm hoping that's going to be the uh, the case with boy george we're all taking bets on whether he will be wearing a hat i suspect maybe because he does seem to have i wonder how many hats he's got at home is it philip tracy who makes his hats i can't remember actually i shall, I shall find out later on and uh and will he be made up I suspect he probably will be. Uh, other stories in the papers today, as if anything could take away from the uh, the main story. But uh, the rubbish. This is by UK Beaches. We are a nation of disgusting people. We are a nation of people who drop rubbish. I see it all the time, on a daily basis. That's why we have an army of people out there who have to pick up after you. I've seen television programmes uh, dedicated to those people who have to go round in Soho and in London on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, picking up the rubbish and the bottles and all the other bits and pieces, that people just leave by the side of the road. I mean, I've never known so many people drinking booze at bus stops around our way. It's legendary. Literally, little quarter bottles of vodka, little this, bottles of beer. I mean, obviously, East Europeans must be a nation of alcoholics. Never seen so many bottles. Round here in Leicester Square, bottles, this, oh, it's just dreadful. Absolutely terrible. Did you know that one in 20 families have ditched the television? I mean, that's good news for radio, as far as I'm concerned. But one in 20 families ditch the TV set because, presumably, they don't want to get addicted to it. It's a change in habits as well. They say that the television is losing its central place in our lives. And they're always telling you, aren't they, about, um, uh, you know, different uh, programmes that attract audiences. And they say, well, this programme used to get £25 and then you think, but it wouldn't do nowadays because everything is is much diluted. And so, you know, if if a program gets gets ten million, then that is that is particularly good, but difficult to get. Difficult to get. Phil says um, uh, they once drove. This is the people that this van on standby for the uh, for the Queen uh, from Brixham in Devon with one small smoked haddock, fillet for Philip, and some prawns for. Her. I have to laugh, actually, because we used to have haddock at school years ago, at prep school. It was um, it was always served on a daily basis, and I came to loathe the smell of haddock. And yet, I, I told you, I did try and buy some a while ago, about a few years back, and it looked lovely. It looked, you know, orangey sort of colour, and I thought, that looks nice. Until I turned, I took it out of the packet, and there was the black skin still on the back of it. I was nearly ill. I can't bear black skin, and I can't bear bones or anything else, but I suppose you must be able to get filleted... Um, Haddock, mustn't you? And this was just grilled. I think they put it under the grill. I can, I can remember the smell to this day of haddock. But I did like it in the in the fish place that we went to. Well, it wasn't a fish place. It was uh, one of those uh, bistro pubs. And it was lovely. I mean, it, the batter was just the best ever. Absolutely the best ever. And um, Howard recommends some uh, advice for interviewing boy George. Thank you. And uh, BB, say, BB says, give him a big hug. I love him, love him, love him. He looks amazing. Great to see him back on the scene. Can't wait to hear the conversation. I can't wait to have the conversation. Should be very interesting. Very, very interesting. Sarah's now taken me to task. She says, I'm up early writing a lecture on eating disorders for nutrition students at St Mary's Uni in Twickenham. I mean, goodness sake, four crumpets. You're a diabetic disaster. I know. I know. But, but I'm, I always am the firm believer, when I was first diagnosed, uh, it was coming up to Christmas and I said to them, so, so what can I eat? And they went, well, just have, you know, as normal. Just have as normal. But just to, you know, just don't go mad on it. And so I did have a normal thing. I mean, I'm probably not the best diabetic, but I know how to, to best do it myself because everybody's different. I don't believe there's any two people the same. Or if they are, I've certainly never met the other one. The reason, says Fran, we have Easter eggs, Steve. Uh, is we fast for Lent? I think it's a Catholic thing. Most Catholics give up something for Lent, usually sweets. Easter Sunday, you reward yourself with an Easter egg. Oh, well, I offered some people in the newsroom the other day to two of the men. I said, oh, "Would you like so and so?" They went, "No, we're actually fasting for Lent." Does that mean you'd be religious? Does that mean you'd be religious if you're fasting for Lent? Neither of them look as though they need to fast for Lent, but I suppose it's something that people do, isn't it? It's like sort of giving up—I don't know—cigarettes for New Year's Eve. But I mean, even people have given up on that actually. They don't even... I've, I've even not bothered mentioning people's uh, New Year resolutions, because it's ridiculous. Steve, George nicked the hat design from Ken Dodd's Diddy Men. It's exactly the same, says Martin. Actually, it does have... Uh, some of them do have a look, don't they? I like it. Uh, Steve, I used to love the smell of creosote, which explains the loss of a few brain cells. I wonder, Daz says, if Boy George was a Bowie fan. I would think so. I would think so. Do you not think so? I would think so. Definitely. Try smoked haddock again, (laughs) says Phil. I don't know where to get it from, actually. I don't know where where to get it from. I'm sure it can't be that difficult to do. And he does say, he says, place in a tray. I mean, can you get it filleted or something? I don't want any bones. I can't cope with bones in there. He says, pour on boiling water. Cover with cling film. Leave for 10 minutes. It'll be cooked. No smell. Oh, right. Just 10 minutes. I might try. I might go and have a word with my friend Stuart at Sandy's they do all the. Fr- I might go into him and say, "Listen, have you got any sm- got any s- addict I can do." You might go, "Yeah, yeah." Well, in fact, he will do. I know he has everything. So I might, I might go and try that later on today. That could be my uh, my way forward, couldn't it? Actually, eating healthily for a change. People are always inquiring about my health. And two days ago, as you know, I had a terribly bad day. I woke up and I. Pains that I didn't think I was supposed to have, and all dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. And uh, Eddie says, "I think the secret to Her Majesty's good figure, she likes a good mutton vindaloo, garlic naan, and half a lager. Wouldn't that be funny if she did?" I remember seeing a picture once, the inside of Buckingham Palace's um, a bit where the Queen eats her breakfast. Contrary to opinion, she doesn't sit on a throne and eat the breakfast. Um, she just sits at a normal formica table. Prince Philip does have the paper ironed. We know that. He does have the paper iron, so there's no, no creases in it. And, uh, and they just have a, a normal breakfast. But I, but I don't think, that's why they, ha- you know, they live long and prosper, and they certainly prosper, uh, is because they just have something healthy. So she might have, I don't know, she might have a bit of haddock for breakfast every so often. You know, there's that thing running on BBC Two, and it's a woman sitting there, and her husband has two boiled eggs one day. The next day, he'll have a bacon sandwich. The day after that, he'll have some toast. Then they go back to the two boiled eggs again. And I've never quite taken to boiled eggs. I, I wish there's something about them. I feel like I'm. I don't know. I, don't, I don't, There's something icky about eggs, or feeling that like runny eggs. I don't like runny eggs either. Poached eggs I can deal with, just about. Not 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 brilliantly, but I, I can eat that. Haddock is the fish of choice of all Scots chippies, says Ian. Is it really? Well, it's certainly the most tasty. It's certainly the most tasty. I know that because Phil's told me before. Because when I said we had haddock in this beer batter, he said it's the most tasty fish, so I'm, I'm going to go for haddock today. What if the fish and chip shop will cook me uh, some haddock. <laughs> uh, Steve, my grandson gave up chocolate for Lent. He's seven. I thought that was very good. I know, I can't give up anything. There's nothing I want to give up. I can't think of anything. Off the top of my head, there's nothing I want to give up. Oh, by the way, just in case you worried after yesterday, we will be back to normal today. Normal services resumed with the free podcast. And... Um, and I am here on Good Friday, but until 7 in the morning. There's no morning news on Good Friday and on Monday, so I'm here for three hours. So we'll see each other through Easter. Are you here? No, you're not here over the weekend, are you? Oh, goodness. Is going on? Are you giving up anything for Lent? Would you give up something for Lent? Not really, no. Yeah, you ever think about it. You know, don't, don't test yourself, you know, don't push yourself too much. Uh, uh, Wayne, my trolley dolly says, I can't wait to hear the Boy George interview. He says, uh, thank you for keeping going in the light of the attacks. We need to carry on as normal. That's what it has to be. I decided that a long time ago. I'm not one of these people. I've I've tried to sort of, you know, I said before, I wish I knew a solution to it. I wish I could say, they're all in this place here. Let's go and bomb that place and get rid of them. But, you know, it's almost like chocolate soldiers. One falls down, another one stands up. It's a bit like that. And so we don't know. We just have to be vigilant. And, uh, and, you know, keep our heads when all about us is collapsing. And in Belgium, people did. People were helping people. It was just the fact that some of them were herded towards another one of the suicide bombers. They thought they were heading in the right... This way, this way. They thought they were heading into the right thing, and they weren't. He had a nail bomb. And uh, that's why it's so awful. That's why it's so indiscriminate. But there's nothing we can do about it. We can sit here, you know, till doomsday and, uh, and try and work out a strategy, and there isn't any. There is no strategy for it. You just have to, we just have to get through it and we all stick together and that's how it works. Did you see the bloke in America? He found some snails in his garden. Not live snails, but these were fossils. And he has claimed on American television that they have come from Noah's Ark. He is that cracked. He is that dumb He is that stupid. And he's now started tweeting, yeah, because I'm on television, blah, 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 blah. And you think to yourself, it's because you're mad. There was somebody who claimed that they'd found the remains of Noah's Ark on a mountain in Turkey. I've never heard of anything so barking mad in my entire life. Anyway, it is nice to have your company this morning. It's nice to have your company every morning. But today, it's Wednesday, the 23rd of March. Terrorists in the terminal. 34 dead, hundreds injured in that day of carnage. Where next? Answer anywhere they choose. The secret to Victoria Beckham's skinny figure is apparently she only eats spinach. She must eat something, mustn't she? Uh, Three-in-a-bed celebrities uh, gagged. The sun on Sunday is forbidden from mentioning the person. Uh, Brainy and blonde fair-haired women are the smartest. No stopper on the poppers U-turn. And Barbara Windsor meets the Windsors. All of that and more on Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850... Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, 23rd of March. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Nice to have you company. After the atrocity, yet we pick ourselves up, we dust ourselves down, we bury the dead, and we carry on as normal. We cannot change, we cannot kowtow to these people after that bloodbath in Brussels. There will undoubtedly be more. Let's pray to God that uh, we're not involved in them in any way, shape or form. We've just got to be vigilant. You'll see the images in the papers today. It makes grim reading, whichever way you look at it, as some families come to terms with the fact that they've lost their their loved ones, never to come back again. How many more jihadi bombers? There could be thousands. We have no idea at all. Other stories which make the papers for today, in between the... Uh, the, uh, the, the cries, they say in Arabic, of uh, uh, Allahu Akbar. And then the apocalypse begins. They serve no purpose whatsoever. They blow themselves up. Nobody cares about them. They're just, uh, they're just cannon fodder. Other stories in the papers. There is a, um, a topless group of women who are taking uh, the French uh, country to France to court because they've tried to ban them from going topless in public places. I've never even heard of this group before. I do know that in Austria they have topless swimming pools. You know, to go go topless is considered quite normal. You go to the south of France; they've been topless on their beaches there for ages and ages. I know it seems really alien to us because we're very we're very sort of uh, anal when it comes to things like that. But over in France, I remember going there years ago to Cannes and sitting on the uh, on one of the beaches at the front. And it's a little bit of a lottery. They have a a public beach in Cannes on the front on the Quaiette. And then they've got all the beaches, which appear to be owned by the hotels, which is very nice. But you can't take your own food on there, as we discovered. You have to buy their food, which is, you know, it's OK, but it's a bit expensive. And uh, I can remember sitting there looking at the public beach and there was an Italian couple and it was father, mother and their son, who was probably about 15. And the mother was topless. Now, I don't know about you, but there's some, perhaps it's perhaps it's the way we've been brought up. I'm not sure I'd actually want to sit on a beach if your mother went topless, and the father was wearing what can only be described as a G-string. And I thought, this is really odd. And then I remember seeing a programme on the television some years ago about a naturist family. And it was mum and dad and two sons, one of whom was 15 and one of whom was, I think, 17. And their school friends used to want to come home with them because they knew that these boys' parents would be um, would be gardening in the nude and of course, you know, if you're at school, they go, your parents are what? Nudist, yes. And where do you go on holiday? We go to nudist camps. And I would have thought it had been quite embarrassing for some people. I mean, I don't think I ever saw my parents naked. I don't think I'd ever want to see my parents naked, to be quite honest with you. And yet it seems quite normal. So here is this group in France of ladies who want to go topless. And they say they should be allowed to. Do we have, not in this country, the naked rambler who seemed to wander about? And, you know, he kept getting arrested because he just wanted to walk about naked. And they kept saying, yes, but it's an affront to public decency. We're not saying your body's offensive. It's just that some people aren't used to seeing things like that. OK. Uh, somebody else was talking about uh, giving things up for Lent and how uh, how easy it is. Uh, Dave uh, Roberts says that boy George has a Bowie tattoo on his arm. Has he really? Oh, well, there you go then. So I think that's uh, that's solved the problem about asking whether he's a supporter of Bowie. Actually, we can probably talk about that. And um, Anna says, I've met Barbara Windsor. She's part of the Grand Order of Lady Ratlings. Oh, she's she's president. She's president of it. Uh, Karen says, I can't wait for the in conversation with Boy George. I adore him. And yes, Bowie is his idol. He influenced him greatly. Difference is, Boy George this size, David Bowie, when we went to the... Uh, Natural History Museum, they had the Bowie exhibition there. He was tiny. And at the V&A, sorry, the V&A, and he was tiny. I've never seen such tiny costumes. Unbelievable. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk, what time's boy George coming in? Says Liz, I shall be looking out of my window. Well, he's doing me at um, 9 o'clock this morning. But uh, I should imagine he's in... Uh, a bit before that, Richard says, "Go to Coat Brasserie in Richmond. They will have haddock on the menu." <laughs> you see, all of a sudden, I've now decided that haddock is the uh, is the uh, is the uh, is the, uh, the way forward because it's a a tasty fish. Um, Terrorism should carry the death penalty throughout Europe, says Top. Well, they do. They blow themselves up. Uh, Steve loved the show, but a little bit shocked to hear that one in twenty families have binned the box. My partner and I don't have a television, and our family members are always amazed when they come to visit, as they don't know what we do to relax. Um, I mean, I don't... To be honest with you, I have to ask myself the question. I could ask you the same question out there. Could you live without your television? Could you? I mean, I, I did pose this question the other day. I'm not sh- I think I probably could, um... I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I could probably live without the television. But there'd be certain... I mean, provided you could still watch DVDs and stuff like that, I think I'd be OK. But if somebody said to me, we're going to take... They, they did it as an experiment some years ago. They went to a village and they took away the televisions from about 30 families. And within about six months, there had been divorces, f- families separating, people arguing. It became really terrible. Some people turned to drink. But then I suppose, if you've got kids... You do turn on the television, don't you? Because you put the television on, it keeps them quiet. There was a kid being pushed down the street in, um, in Twickenham the other day, screaming its head off. I mean, screaming at the top of his voice. And the woman's just happily pushing the pram along. You feel like, haven't you got something you going to shove in his mouth like a lollipop or something like that? This kid was screaming for the country. Why do they do that? Dean says, if anybody gave up listening to Steve Allen for Lent, they're definitely going to hell. Yes, I agree. Uh, Jimmy says, uh, Mount Ararat in Turkey, where they supposedly found the ark. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's hilarious, isn't it? Okay, we found, the, uh, we found Noah's Ark on top of a mountain. Of course you have, dear. Yes, no, they haven't. This was the story of the man who thinks he's found uh, some of the animals from Noah's Ark in his back garden in Texas. He's quite, you've got to look at a picture of him to realise he's quite doolally. Mind you, they are in Texas, aren't they? And, uh, and he's got himself onto television, he's been hashtagging, yes, and now I'm on television, now I'm famous. No, you're famous for being stupid, that's not anything being clever, that's, that's like appearing on the Jeremy Kyle show. Can you believe? Can you believe that people watching the Jeremy Kyle show complained yesterday when it was axed in favour of coverage of the, uh, of the bombing and the atrocity in Brussels, saying, what, for something that happened in Brussels, we're axing the Jeremy Kyle show? I mean... You know, you can't really understand the mentality of some of these people, can you? Uh, Did you hear the inventor of predictive text has sadly passed away, Steve? May he restaurant indigo Pisces? (laughs) It's an old one, isn't it? Didn't they use that in the two Ronnies? Not using predictive text, but they said... um, Arco, the chameleon man from uh, Chipperfield Circus, has finally exhausted himself by crawling across a tartan rug. You'll have to think about that one fairly carefully. Uh, Peter on the M25... A uh, little bit static. Uh, that's the M25 anti-clockwise approach. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, Mark says, Havoc for breakfast with a poached egg on top. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, Cassandra says, I've given up Crabby's ginger beer for Lent. Do you have to... I mean, do you have to do it? Do you really have to do it? Um, Wendy says, Taking, Talking of smells that take you back. Mother used to send me to the cobblers. I made a point of sitting on the stool to wait, because I loved the smell. Not sure an eight-year-old should have been sniffing glue. Yes, it's a glue that they use, and I believe... Well, I know that in uh, furniture places, they use fish glue, because they used to... When I used to work in this department store years ago, they, uh, they used to have an upholsterer down there, and he could do anything with button backs and all the kind of things. But he used to have fish glue, and it was on a little glass gas thing, and it was an old pot... And it would be rock hard and then you'd melt it and then he'd use it. This fish, that's all I remember is fish glue. Very famous, very famous for upholsterers, I suppose, and still is. Mina says, I don't have a television, Steve. I listen to LBC, the podcast, YouTube and Netflix. TV seems pointless. And somebody else says, Steve, who needs the television when you're on the radio? Thank you. And G- Jerry and Croydon says, radio gives you better pictures. It does. It does give you better pictures. And um, a lot of people saying, very much looking forward to Steve Allen meets boy George, seeing as you've been uh, not complimentary in the past. Well, he's had a chequered history. He's had a chequered history. People only get mentioned on this programme with chequered histories. And also, the other point uh, is I always make, I always say to somebody, you know, if you've not been mentioned on the programme, you're not worth talking about. It's as simple as that. Uh, Phil says, I still love the smell of Dettol. You see... (laughs) Do you remember when you... It takes you back, doesn't it? Do you remember when you were ill? I remember saying to my mother, you know, I don't feel very well. And my mother would say, oh, you're going to be sick. And I go, I don't know. And, she... and so immediately she'd bring up the washing up bowl with a bit of dettle in the bottom of it. That was going to make any difference. It was the smell of the dettle used to make me sick. Wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh, I'm going to be sick. I used to hate it, absolutely hate it. But uh, I can get used to it now. You don't see it very often. It goes... It's sort of a lovely colour. And then when you add water to it, it goes uh, creamy. But it is, it's, we used to have a sink, I've told you, in Hong Kong, that it was stone. It was a stone sink. And the smell of it underneath was absolutely delicious. It's like that sort of rotting kind of, I can't describe what it was, but it was, it was absolutely delicious. It was, well, delicious is probably the wrong word. Uh, other stories that are in the papers today. Um, bum, bum, bum. Oh, Tamara, Tamara Dreary-Eccleston apparently has, uh, has ditched. Her wedding ring. So she went out with a photographer the other day and she's not wearing it like anybody cares. Like anybody cares. You just wish she would stay in a little bit more and don't bother going out with the photographer. I've seen a picture of you before, dear. You're boring. Go away. Phil Vickery hates the smell of TCP. You see, I used to quite like TCP. And my favourite smell, calamine lotion. Calamine lotion. If you grew up in a hot country, which we did, then you're constantly getting all sorts of skin things and we'd just dab calamine lotion on I could dab calamine lotion on just about everywhere. It's delicious. Fur collar in summer? Not sure. Quarter past six, LBC News Time. Latest headlines Eleanor Noakes. Please. Britain's Conversation. Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Be good. Thank Be you. nice to him. Be nice to him. Thank you. Bye. bye. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye, bye. Go. Go. <laughs> Another Thank fellow. Yeah, thank you. It is summer. I'm pretending it's summer. I want it to be summer soon. I want it to be summer. You know, I want it to be summer. And I'm not even bothered by the weather. You know me. I'm, uh, I've just been told i will be a dreadful meteorologist. And I would be, because I'm not, I'm not worried about it being summer. I'm just thinking we need a bit of brightness in our life. I think brightness we need to, um, to sort of lift us up a little bit and try and get us through some, some depressingly dark times, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for everybody. Uh, Sheila and Ed in Dulwich say we could go without the television as long as you're still on the radio. It is like being on television, isn't it? Uh, Apologies for my awful predictive text gag, Steve. Anyway, to support one of my mayoral charities, Special Needs and Parents, I'm training for a 12-mile walk at the Brentwood Centre on the 11th of May and I'd love for you to come along, says Mark in Brentwood, because he's the mayor. He's the mayor. He says, I'm hoping to raise £1,800, which is a pound for each family they're currently supporting. That's not a lot, is it, really? £1,800 in the Stone age. I send you all my uh, warmest wishes, as you know. He says, I hand over to the new mayor a week later, so this walk may be the last thing I do, literally. No, you'll do it fine. David and Ilford. Love Ilford. And uh, he says, how about the smell of Vic? Yeah, that's OK. Yeah, I can cope, I can cope with that, actually. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed in conversation, says Shelley. ...of dancing Christmas tree fame. Oh, we got more mileage out of that dancing Christmas tree than anything else. Didn't we? Didn't we ever? She said, I loved the In Conversation with Paul Daniels. Had to listen twice. Just wondered how long ago it was recorded. Five years ago. Five years ago that was recorded, that interview with Paul Daniels. And uh, it sounded... um, I thought it sounded really good, actually. Uh, Ron says it should be Boy George meets Steve Allen. Not the other way round. That's a point, actually. I never thought about that one. But my friend Chris, who's interviewing first, uh, says he's got load. He's been swatting up for ages to do it, doing all the research. Whereas I'm, uh, I think I've finally got it off to an art. I do my research half an hour before I do the interview, so it's fresh in my mind. And I can remember certain things. So he's going to concentrate in his interview on the, on the culture club days, and I want to, I want to work at Even their last album, considered the Failure, sold a million copies, he was just telling me. So, you know, the money that comes in, you know, how rich is he? You know, how much money do you need to maintain a lifestyle? That would be very interesting. Paraffin heaters, Steve, says Peter. Love this. My parents used to have one. In the flat that they had in Southampton, they had a paraffin heater, because the heating in the flat was so rubbish. And so they had a paraffin heater, and I could the smell of paraffin used to we used to have a man come round who used to sell paraffin. I think he was I think he was called the paraffin man. I don't know why he'd be called the paraffin man, ladies and gentlemen. Seems a bit odd, is not it really? But he used to come round, and for some reason I've got an, a pink paraffin. Pink paraffin. I don't know why pink paraffin, but I'm just I'm just thinking about pink paraffin because that's all I remember on this uh, on this thing. So uh, I know about it. Uh Michael Dennis he said, I actually had boy George in the back of my cab. Yes, I mean, you hear all sorts of... I think he's... Now he's got a bit older. Now he's got a bit older. Maybe he's, uh, he's sort of mellowed, as they say. Mellow birds. That sounds a bit exciting, doesn't it, really? So we'll find out. He says, um, he says, because of his reputation, I was apprehensive. I found him polite and pleasant. I shall let you know. I shall let you know. I'm expecting him to be polite and pleasant as well. Uh, Karma Chameleon was number one in 1983, Steve, says Balder, more than 30 years ago. Wow. And uh, Jackie says, guess what I saw in Poundland, Steve, in the fridge? Burgers in batter. Stop it. Burgers in batter. Stop it. Did you really? Well, that sounds a bit exciting. Um, Oh, Steve, says Balder, this Laura Kuninsberg brushed aside Nick Robinson and Robert Peston to become the BBC's political editor. She's everywhere. Is she? Right. <laughs> that means I probably wouldn't take to her at all. I don't like people who tend to be foisted on us. I don't mind if it's somebody that we've sort of discovered and then we sort of nurture them. But, uh, you know, somebody who's sort of foisted on us, I'm not over keen on. I'll do the uh, the front pages of the papers. You know what the, uh, the front pages say, so I don't uh, need to go too much into it. Uh, and, Steve, in the early 80s, I woke up in a mixed ward at St Mary's Hospital and boy George was in the bed... Opposite. And it's your husband called Eddie, he said. Yep. Well, where have you been? Walking around night, looking and calling out, Eddie, where are you? Yep. I'm a sleepwalker. Oh, I love that. I love sleep... I've only done the sleepwalking once, as we all know, and it's well, well documented on LBC, so I certainly won't be uh, doing it again. Uh, another one here. Uh, this is the... Oh, a- there was a TV rental company, and I've lost the story, uh, who were... Um, who've had to pay compensation to 59,000 customers. I can't remember why they had to pay compensation. Uh, We're lazy for using so much English, admit the French. Why? I thought we were the ones who were lazy. I thought we were the ones who just don't bother learning languages, do we? We just just go, oh, I shan't be bothered to learn a language. Don't worry, everybody speaks English. And admittedly, a lot of people do speak English. I've got a good story for you about a councillor who paid no council tax. He can finally be named after he fought an extraordinary three-year battle to keep his identity secret. So his name is uh, Ismail Ibrahim. He was exposed after a long campaign. Incredibly, he was the Labour chairman of a committee that oversees spending at Bolton Council. He's now been sacked. Mr Ibrahim was one of two members who repeatedly failed to pay the tax and then launched desperate bids to keep their identity secret. But while Tory Mudassir Dean was shamed into stepping forward... Uh, the other councillor. And there's uh, still another councillor who remained a mystery until now. And so Ismail Ibrahim is the crook. They owed a total of 4,600. They turned to a number of bodies to keep their names a secret. But uh, they've been exposed and kicked out. Corruption has to be kicked out. And if you... I mean, to be honest with you, I'm sure I know stories about corruption, I'm pretty certain. I know stories about um, a carer. And this is uh, another one here. Lorraine Sensel, Sensi, uh, was caught... She rifled through um, an old lady's handbag. She was supposed to look after her. She was unaware that the victim's niece, Debbie Riley, and her husband were sitting in a car, watching the theft on a live stream from a camera disguised as a speaker. She thieved. She thieved. Anyway, she's been suspended and subsequently dismissed for her gross misconduct. She's just a common thief. How people can thieve from people, I've got no idea. But uh, she admitted one count of theft. Uh, It was a moment of madness, she said. Yeah, she's a common thief, so be very careful if you if you bump into her, because she's likely to thieve from you. I don't understand why people want to thieve from pensioners. It's just absolutely ghastly. You know, a 90-year-old woman, 92-year-old woman, we see it all the time, don't we? People who are entrusted to look after them are the people who thieve from them. It's not good, is it? I dread getting to 92. Not that I think it's ever likely, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Some more of your uh, texts and emails. We try and whiz through as many as we can just before the end of the programme. But there is a free podcast for today. Jim the Fishman from Grimsby says, I've contacted you before. It was fish-related. Always listened to you whilst in London. Great show. We should meet up sometime and I shall present you with arguably the best, freshest haddock you've ever had. Also, he said... I also supply Alfred Endersby smoked haddock. These guys go back over 80 years smoking fish in a smokehouse that's over 100 years old. Check them out online. I say I supply fish to residents of Chelsea, Kensington, Notting Hill. I serve the likes of Rod Gilbert, Gene Broke-Smith, Frank Windsor, Herbert Kretzmer, and up to his death, Michael Winner. You don't have to shout this out, he says, but it would be a pleasure to meet you in an honour. Lord, honestly, people are so nice, aren't they? See? People are Nice. Trying to get something out of the producer. It's Seriously, it's like blood out of a stone this morning, honestly. Ever since one of the other producers came in and he's looking very fit and was going off for an eight-mile run, the look of depression on the producer's face. Seriously, he's just, he suddenly realised at the age of 23 he needs to kick-start it. Uh, Mary says, I remember blue paraffin as well as pink. Worst smell I remember, a paraffin stove that had burnt dry. Well, those things I never remember, but I do like that. And uh, Jim says, Southampton, are you from Southampton? No, it's where my uh, brother lives, down in Southampton. He lives in... Um, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. I can't remember where he lives. I can remember the address. Bassett. Bassett, there you go. Finally remembered, you say. Oh, I thought I was going completely mad. Uh, the story's on the front of the papers. You know what it's, uh, it is. It's It's the atrocity in Brussels. It's a picture of the uh, the three bombers, two who blew themselves up. Good. And one who's on the run. He will be caught and possibly shot dead. Uh, That runs on every paper. Uh, The Daily Star are more interested in Easter eggs are now banned. Uh, Now they say there's a UK alert. I don't think we should ever take our eye off the ball. We should always be very, very alert. I hope that we've provided a slight respite in that uh, depressing aftermath uh, yesterday in Brussels. And I hope you'll join me again tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30. You can listen to LBC whenever you like and wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a single moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 7, Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Right now, though, coming up, it's Lisa Aziz and Tom Swarbrick, live from Brussels with the morning news.